Joey, can I just say, I thought I had a handle on the Fast and Furious franchise. Nope, I've completely lost it. Yeah, I really... I'm not sure that I'm following anymore, to be honest. I I mean, it felt like we were getting somewhere. Uh, and then... And then we got here. <laughs> I mean... Vin Diesel is like... I mean, okay, it's, it's still Dominic <laughs> Toretto. <laughs> But, but there's like, no car. But there's no cars in this one. No, no. At the end of this one, there is a car, a different a car. car. It's but not. The, it's not a seventy charger. It's, it was, it's, it's a. Well, I actually know what it is. I know uh, what it, I looked it up. It's a, a sixty-seven Pontiac GTO. Apparently, yeah. the original muscle car. But it's the same fucking car. Let's be real. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I, think I don't some know if I want to piss off the car guys. Some actually. of our, our fast heads might not be okay with you saying that. But so there's a, so so. But but for most of the movie, uh, uh, Toretto's not in a car at all. He's just I, I, like he's I got mean, skateboards. He's got skis, bicycles, bicycles it, motorcycles. I I'm so confused. I also the, the Charlize Theron is not in this. No, uh, I assume they recast her in reverse. I guess from uh, <laughs> uh, Tony Collette, who's in this movie, as I what I can only assume is the same character. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there are, but there's here's the thing. Also, they recast Kurt Russell with Samuel Jackson. They recast uh, recast a lot of people in ways that don't really make any sense. But I will say. Like, there's definitely, definitely a lot of... Listen, it's definitely a Fast and Furious movie, though, right? That's because... the thing, is that the thought occurred to me, wait, did I watch the wrong movie? But there's no way. It has to be a no, Fast and Furious No, it has to be, because there's so much connective tissue we'll get into as we go through the, the, the plot. But, like, this is definitely the Fast and Furious movie that came out in 2017. I checked multiple There's times. There's no way that there were two Fast and there Furious movies that came out in early 2017, Fast right? and Furious movies that came out at around exactly the same time, both starring Vin Diesel. Both as Vin Diesel, as a guy who drives muscle cars and is hired by the, uh, a, sh- a, secret, a shadowy a government shadow agency. organization. To combat the advancement of the modern technology, technology that, is, yeah. that is causing the folly of man or some shit, right? Like, there's no way, right? And to perform inhuman uh, feats and stunts uh, and have sex with, uh, with so many women. So okay, well, I, we'll have to talk about that. He has, he is. I mean, unless I missed the part where he and Michelle Rodriguez get married, lots of problematic unfaithfulness in this one, don't you think? He also, um, he doesn't have the cross necklace in this one. He has, like, just that's true. a bar. Much, much less religious imagery in this one. That is true. It was very toned. You can really see, the, I guess, the difference well, in no, the, there's the still, directing. There's some, there's some religious Some, but here. there's not quite as much. Uh, and, and I will say, though, still quite a lot of murder. Like, lots and lots oh, of... Indiscriminate murder. Indiscriminate, like, cold-blooded murder. There's a lot of murder. There's a lot of ham-fisted social commentary. There's a lot of phone-bad book good, except nobody can read. Uh, more on that later, <laughs> it's, mo- it's mostly phone-bad stunts good, I think. Stunts good. Is, I think is this um, movie. But Zachary, do we want to tell them which Fast and Furious movie we watched? <laughs> we watched 
we watched the Fast and Furious movie from uh, early 2017, Triple uh, X: The Return of Xander Cage. Now, <laughs> now stepping out of the, do you do you want to kind of break down? Why isn't the first time anybody? says the name of the organization, why isn't the first thing anybody says is, why is it named after porn? <laughs> well, okay, hold on now, because Triple X doesn't just mean porn. <laughs> but, but they should have foreseen that if you type in Triple X movie... It's impossible it's Google. to Google this movie. Hey, listener, I, I we actually probably should have said it sooner. Don't try to Google the Don't name Google of this movie. This movie. <laughs> It's very difficult to find this movie. This this may be the only series of films where it is harder to find the original films than their porn bear. I tried. There's one. There are a few like absolutely bonkers sex scenes, and you can't Google if anybody has anything to say about them because if you Google, if you, ju- if you try, scene, yeah. There's no no googling of is possible here. Um. Yeah. No. But in all seriousness, um. This quote-unquote, isn't a Fast and Furious movie. You um, can't convince me that this is not a Fast and Furious movie. But, like, it is a Fast and Furious movie, It is movie, absolutely like, a Fast and Furious no movie. no way this is not a Fast and Furious None movie. None of what we said in these last five minutes has been made up. All of that is true. Like, Vin Diesel is, uh, 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 possesses uh, seemingly superhuman capabilities uh, and is, a, like, a, you know, a rogue loan agent uh, who is recruited by a top-secret government agency uh, to that save... doesn't the, officially exist. It doesn't officially exist to uh, pull together a, a ragtag group of criminals and murderers uh, to... They indiscriminately s- murder their way across the world <laughs> to stop a tech MacGuffin from <laughs> using the 21st century uh, metaphor of, you know, your to, phone. To end the world. To end the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and but, all of that is completely now I, I will say has sex with exponentially more women there's a scene where he bang i was gonna say dom toretto technically xander cage but wh- whatever uh, he bangs a room full of like 10 women none of whom have speak names or speaking well I, we're gonna talk about here here's the thing okay i want to say right off the bat this movie is a worse, One of the most sexist a, things I've a, ever seen. No, hold on. Across the board, a worse... I thought the Fast and Furious movies were bad. And they are. This is the worst version of the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies. They take everything that makes the Fast and Furious movies bad and dial it up to 11. We're talking misogyny. We're talking indiscriminate murder. We're talking technophobia. We're talking... I mean, Vin uh, Diesel's ego. Vin Diesel's ego. The music in this movie is uh, like, like they gave like a teenager, uh, uh, an ancient MacBook with an old version of GarageBand and hooked him up to like, uh, 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 they made him record it with like the original iPhone's uh, microphone and said, "Here, make make sounds with this computer," and that's the soundtrack for the movie. I, I just I want to say there is one. If we're talking about the soundtrack, there is a song on the soundtrack 
at the end of the movie that I I did really fuck with. I was like, I hell fucking yeah. Okay. We'll get up to it because it's kind of a, a spoiler when, when let's, it gets up there. Let's but start let's, at the beginning, let's start right? start at the beginning. But before we get in there, I need some uh, funny juice. Um, ah, so okay. I am going to take us into uh, Zachary's cocktail corner uh, for before we start into the episode. Um, because last time we did the whoop-ass cocktail, and that got me inspired uh, to ma- mix a cocktail for this movie. Um, because, Joey, I don't know if you recall, uh, one of the, um, there's like a, an official like soldier for the military who doesn't like Xander Cage. I was going to say Dominic Toretto. I'm yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, and he so yeah. he throws him out of plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he, he throws... Uh, to, to clarify, Vin Diesel, for no reason, throws the soldier guy out of the plane because the guy's like, hey, this guy isn't a soldier. What's he doing in a military operation? And Vin Diesel throws him out of a plane uh, twice. And uh, <laughs> the second time he does kill. The first time... The second time he does kill him. Yeah. The first time fails to kill him. The second time succeeds. <laughs> yeah. SpongeBob, there's an old <laughs> saying that which doesn't kill you usually succeeds in a second attempt. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he calls it when when Vin Diesel walks into the room. He's like, "Uh oh, the Red Bull Freak Show is here." <laughs> so, oh, oh no, what did you do, Zachary? So this is a cocktail called the Red Bull Freak Show. Oh, gross. Um, here's the thing, right? There's later a scene where they go to a tropical island. Um, and, uh, Vinny D's orders a, uh, uh, cranberry and club soda, which is like a non-alcoholic, just seltzer with cranberry juice in it. So the, um, the, the, uh, Red Bull Freak Show is actually, uh, tropical Red Bull mixed with cranberry juice and vodka. But Joey, I've just sent something to you to illustrate, uh, something I've done a little special for this cocktail. Terrified. How did Uh, you you send it? Can you open that text I just sent? Oh, man. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> That's right, bitch. I got Dan Aykroyd's Crystal Head Vodka. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I just opened it. It smells so bad. That looks vodka. Ho- horrifying. Hold on, I'm oh just going to, before I mix the drink, I'm just going to taste a little bit of straight Dan Aykroyd Conspiracy Theory Vodka. Oh, my God. In, 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 uh, in uh, salute to the Ocelot King, I'm just going to try a bit of this. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, god. oh god fucking damn it oh that's terrible oh, oh it burns yeah oh i wish you put Shocking. the in this i can feel my insides melting oh, all right anyway i'm gonna mix the disgusting <laughs> the Red i can't Bull believe okay show. so i guess the gimmick of this new bit is that every episode you're going to find some way to destroy your torture my organs <laughs> because uh, we haven't put ourselves through enough pain. While I'm mixing this up and trying to make this in any way drinkable, by the way, uh, I have no recipe. I'm mixing this for the first time, eyeballing it with oh like no God, measuring ingredients be... while we're on the call. This is going to so... be, uh, first and foremost, unpleasant sonically for, for our listeners. Oh, yeah, this, this is, is also a holiday be... special. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah happy yeah. holidays! Hey! hey. Yeah. Happy holidays! Oh, shit, this is actually pretty good. <sighs> oh, really? Mm. I mean, I put very little vodka in it because it was so gross. So it's basically just <laughs> tropical Red Bull, which is just caffeinated seltzer and cranberry juice. Sure. Okay, yeah, I can fuck with this. Alright, that's disgusting. Alright, so Zachary's <laughs> oh, gonna... Oh, no, it's actually... It's not that bad. It's not that good, actually. Zachary's gonna torture himself. 
Um, <laughs> Maybe I'll add a bit more Crystal Head vodka as we go. Oh my god! Okay, uh, uh, it's really—it's not the vodka I'm worried about. It's the Red Bull. Yeah, Zachary. I mean, it's all gonna kill you. Like, I hey, did you ask? Uh, hey, side sidebar, real quick. Did yeah. you ask our father, the doctor, if this was safe for you to drink? <laughs> to drink? Um, can you mix Red Bull and vodka without dying? You can. I I've had it before. I I went to college. Oh my god. I mean, so did I. <laughs> I have I have put God knows what in this tank, and Ugh. it's managed to come out the other side Horrifying. and I've through it, so... Yeah, alright, well, hopefully it doesn't come out the other side until we've had the chance to finish recording. I'm more part. worried about it coming out the same, the same side. Yeah, okay, oh, god. Alright, <laughs> this, this is not a Spy Racers episode, so we don't actually have to talk about gross bodily functions on this one. Oh, uh, yeah, for once. So Although let's, let's, this film is disgusting, and let's talk yeah, about it! Yeah, let's talk about the movie. So... Um, let, uh, let's just. I mean, we have to we have to do a uh, uh, we have to do a a, uh, a recap. But I want to start out by saying this movie has an intricate opening credit sequence, which I have not seen in a film uh, since like the early two thousands. Yeah, but with like but with like no interesting visuals. It's just no, panning it's, around a satellite for yeah. like three minutes while the opening credits. But I will say the first note that I took down during those opening credits was like wow what a cast yeah exactly i wrote down well there's like real actors in it. yeah because <laughs> like, like for what it's not just like vin diesel's crew of random assortment yeah. of d-list celebrities i mean we, we like, mentioned some of them but right, it's like like okay samuel l jackson i was like oh wow i didn't know samuel l jackson was donnie yen is the uh, villain question, question mark, mark right? uh, he's, of the, the he's movie. the he's the main antagonist for most of the, the movie anti-hero uh yeah. ruby rose not the anime character the wrestling chick yeah uh, no, i was actually super i i've only liked ruby rose in the few acting roles that i have seen her in so i was very excited about that and honestly uh st- stand out of this movie so you know there's that for uh, me, the sta- the breakout of this movie was, um, and I, I'm probably going to uh, butcher her name. Um, Donnie Yen so is sorry. actually pretty great, also. Oh, Donnie Yen is fantastic in everything. Yeah. Um, but actually, standout of this movie was, uh, and again, I, I'm going to butcher it, but uh, Deepika uh, Padukone. Oh, yeah, um, she's very good, also. She's very good. I did the fucking Leonardo DiCaprio point when she oh. came on screen for the first time. I've she- never seen her in anything. Okay. I took a world cinema course. Oh, <laughs> sorry. oh fuck! All right, <laughs> I I, I, sorry, sorry, everybody. I'm so sorry. This is the this is the end of the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 hold on, bear with me. <laughs> exactly. This is a Fast and Furious podcast. No, no, no. no. She was in the 2007 film uh, Om Shanti Om. Uh, it, it was a Bollywood movie. Oh, okay. Um, by uh farrah khan uh and it is actually like a hilarious movie i was a big fan of it actually the bollywood segment of that course was like the most fun uh time i, I highly mm. recommend um farrah-, farrah khan's movies i like i i've seen just like clips from other ones like uh, happy new year and i really want to watch that full movie but anyway bollywood knows what they're doing over there clearly um but yeah no she's the main female lead in Om Shanti Om so to see her in like a mainstream american film i was like fuck yeah what's she going to do in this oh she's just like a bond girl but somehow more sexist yeah um, and that's but, what we'll unfortunately have to get to. <laughs> we'll have but, to get into just so much sexism in this it's, movie. But, it's so bad. But I did just want to say I'm really glad that she's in it, and she is great. Yeah. 
Uh, again, lots of people in this movie are great. Uh, just n- n- this movie sucks shit. Yeah, there's uh, one late appearance to the film which we will get to. We'll, we'll get to. My I do want to also flag that Rory McCann is in uh, this. Uh, Yarp. Yarp. And uh, Yarp. he's a hound from Game of Thrones. Also, he's Yarp and the hound. When I, I wrote down numerous times <laughs> Yarp, Yarp <laughs> yeah. in my notes. Yeah. Uh, and you, he's pretty good in this too. I did, not a big role, but uh, uh, you know, like he, yeah, he well, plays his okay, role. Well, here's here's the thing though. We do have to go through like not since um fucking now you see me have I seen a more nonsensical crew put together. Oh yes, job? okay, <laughs> yeah. So this and this is okay. Let let's start at the beginning. Though, we're we're okay? getting out of order. We're yeah. we're way out of order. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. The movie opens with Samuel Jackson's character, whose name I, th- for, who, Gibbons. Oh, yeah, whose name is Gibbons, who I believe you're given to understand is a uh, like that has been the head of this spy agency in the prior. So film. Here's what's oh, this is the third. Oh, this is the third Xander Cage. I don't know if you, we've said that yet. Yeah, <laughs> We're still going in Xander reverse. This is the third Xander Cage movie. It's also important to note that the Triple X program is not, like, an officially sanctioned government whatever, but I believe it is supposed to be run by the NSA. Like Because yes. they talk numerous times about working for the NSA and Gibbons yeah, from the, the NSA. The Triple X program seems like they're, like a, like, a black ops offshoot of the NSA, kind of. And as Samuel Jackson explains, the idea is to t- take extreme athletes. Yes, he is in the middle. He's recruiting a soccer player who's playing himself in this. Yeah, movie. By the I way, soccer the is name. not a triple X sport. Sure, but anyway, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> not, the, not yeah, relevant. The triple X program is to recruit triple X. Uh, athletes into like super spy missions, and this is my first note. Uh is this a hoodwinked reference? Oh, okay. <laughs> is it? <laughs> because, no, because you know how in hoodwinked she's triple G because she Granny is the oh, extreme no. sports nut. Well, unless hoodwinked is a triple X reference. <laughs> well, that's uh, you know, so I was like, wait. Is Granny having the three G's on the back of her neck? Cause, cause oh, shit, it is. Has three X's on the back of her oh, neck. Oh, right? shit, wait a minute, Zachary. Did I was just... like, wait, is Granny like a Xander Cage parody? Shit. In oh, man, okay, that's just unlocked something significant and terrible in my, in my oh, brain. Oh, applesauce. <laughs> okay, I'll have to come back to that realization. But yeah, no, because when he has the triple X tattoo, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. So Samuel Jackson is playing Nikki Flippers in this movie. He's yeah, this exactly. Agent who recruits the right, you know. but so so he's uh, you know a uh, 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 great value brand Nick Fury. Um, and more on that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, that'll that'll come back. Don't worry. Oh no, no, wait, wait. I, it's actually relevant in this first scene because the soccer. So they oh, do, okay, we have to talk about the terrible like character the, intro flashcards. Yes, they, they, they do the. Th- this was a year after David Ayer's Suicide Squad, uh-huh. so they have no fucking excuse. <laughs> Um, we're never like, going to get through this first fucking scene because it's know, so bad. In 2016, <laughs> the Suicide Squad did this like 
cringe jokes in the opening bio graphics yeah. of introducing characters. It, it, like, and, freeze frames on a character's face and does this, like... He's, like, uh, unfunny bu- bits. Unfunny bullet points about, like, whatever, right? Like, when, it, 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 like, Captain Boomerang fetish pink unicorns. It's right. just, like, it, it's, like, random funny kind of bullshit. F- right? Funny like, it's in not quotes. In quotes. Right, yeah. Like, supposed to be funny, Somebody thought it was funny, yeah. Um, so this is like, oh, this soccer player thought he was being recruited for the Avengers. I'm like, but that's Samuel L. Jackson yeah. <laughs> sitting opposite from him. Yeah, right? So already a problem. But also, I do want to say, this is yet another movie in which none of these people know what espionage is. So the concept here, right, is that they're going to hire some of the most recognizable people in the world to to do spy missions? Like, what kind of fucking insane plan is that? (laughs) Like, hey, you know how your face has been seen on television by millions upon millions of people? How'd you like to do some top secret, like, sensitive espionage missions for us? It's, and this, by the way, like, uh, is, like we're still in the opening two minutes of this movie. We're still in the opening scene yeah. <laughs> because then a satellite crashes down. Blows up Samuel Jackson and killing everybody we've seen. Yeah, and Candace is in charge. Everybody's dead. But anyway, then it goes uh, to CIA headquarters, comma New York, and I was like, I know very little about the CIA, Mm. but I do know that their headquarters is not in New York. No, just ignore that. Just ignore that. Right? Like, there's at the top of a big building. Uh, and they, uh, they're in this big meeting room, right? And all the heads of all the spy agencies are there. Um, and then and Donnie Yen and his crew break in and steal the device. Steal the magic box. Well, okay, so first they talk about how the magic box, I already forgot what it's called. The magic Pandora's bo- box. Right. They oh, call it Pandora's there box. There you go. Right, so the Pandorica can do, it, <laughs> basically they say, like, it can do anything with technology is what they say. They're like, no, it, it can specifically turn satellites into bombs that'll drop from orbit no that's what it's being used for zachary but what they say is but that's only the tip of what it can do it can hack anything listen to anything oh so it's spy on anyone right magic egg yeah they explicitly say like it can do anything with technology it's an all-powerful device that is capable of taking over any piece of technology and doing anything with it. i'm mixing some more uh red bull freak show here to get through this Right, <laughs> okay, so so that's what they say, right? And then uh, Donnie Yen and his uh, uh, people uh, break in, kill a bunch of people, uh, and take the the and take the Pandorica with them. Uh, oh, that was way they, too much vodka. Fuck. <laughs> you can't. Okay, we can't just randomly have you screaming about alcohol in the background of this episode. <laughs> Why not? It's like growing up in uh, in Detroit, which sure. will be relevant. Oh, which will be Jesus Christ. Uh, also, everyone's wearing a tank. Everyone who's not in it. Okay. All the spies are wearing tank tops, just to be clear. Nobody's not. Another connecting point with. Uh, uh, Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah, Vinny D's only wears tank tops. But but all the spies only like nobody has sleeves at any point in this in this TV in TV show. God, can you imagine in this movie? Well, Donnie Yen shows up. Donnie Yen is the best. Donnie Yen does cool action shit. Uh, they let him cook as they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donnie Yen just shows up, wrecks everybody shit. This one guy shows up and is really mad about books existing and beats a guy to death with a book. Yeah, uh, that was a weird thing. <laughs> He was, like, offended that the guy had a book. 
And he's yeah. like, is this a book? And then, like, <laughs> and then beats him to death with it. And yes. beats him to death with a book. He was, like, so mad that there was a book. Because, again, the people who like this franchise, and, again, it is the same franchise. It is the same franchise, yeah. I assume can't read. Yeah. And hate literature. For sure. Hate the idea that there are people who can read, right? But anyway, I want to now champion gender equality as we discuss the next scene. Uh, what's the next scene? The next scene is where he, uh... They introduce Xander Cage. And I I down a mountain, right? And I want to champion gender equality here, because too often in media criticism does the term Mary Sue get thrown around to describe (laughs) lame female self-insert characters. And I want to be very clear when I say... That even more so than Dominic Toretto. Oh my god, yes. Xander Cage is a Mary Sue the, for Vin Diesel. You know what? You are not wrong. Because but. his first scene is him skiing through land and high-fiving every single person. Like, everybody loves Xander and Cage. Com- combination ski and skate and biking down a mountain from the cops. Uh, but all the people but around everybody him loves him, love him, and are so excited to see him. Oh, the right, old like... people, the kids, various yeah. beautiful women. Yeah, oh um, yeah. He just and like everyone's like, oh my god, Xander K, our the, our savior, we love you, so. And he's like, I'm so cool, and he does all <laughs> these things. And he's like doing t- cool flips and tricks and everything. And I'm like, god damn, this is how Vin Diesel sees himself. <laughs> he was like, I think Dominic Toretto might have. Uh, might have been, and here's my theory: his toned Dominic Toretto is the toned down version of this character. Again, okay, here, everything about this movie is if you if you if made you, Fast and Furious worse. If if you took Fast and Furious and just turned all the dials up really high in all the worst ways. Wait, but can I can I posit something? Sure, Joey. How much do you know about Fate of the Furious, the movie that came out a couple months after this one? Uh. Uh, I know that it has, um, uh, what do I, what do I know about that? Charlize Theron's in it, right? Um, uh, The Rock and Vin Diesel wouldn't be in the same room together, so some of the scenes that they shot together are pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen any of them, I've just heard that. They're like green screen, superimposed (laughs) together into the same screen. Uh, that's about it. Okay, so, interesting thing that I know about it is that it, um... Oh, so it came out early 2017, right? Mm. And do, what do you remember about the cinematic landscape of 2016? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. So not not going to be able to come up with anything. Captain America: Civil War and Batman vs Superman both came out that year. Okay. Um, there was also there were also numerous uh, other like TV superhero crossover. Event. Everything was about heroes turning on each other because of. It, it really all came from Batman vs. Superman, but when mm. Batman vs. Superman was delayed from 2015 to 2016, and Marvel decided to do Captain America 3 as Civil War to mm. directly compete with it, right? Because, as we know now, Marvel, they had a loose plan, but they kind of moved things around business-wise and just kind of did some stuff last minute. So mm. they did do Civil War as kind of a last-minute decision to compete with Batman vs. Superman in 2016. Interesting. Um, okay. And as a result, these two movies created a whole culture where there's actually a ton of, like, infighting, right? Like, Mm. in everything. Like, Arrow and The Flash did, like, a whole bunch of stuff with this, right? Right, okay. Uh, Back when those were big. Yeah, well, back so, when people watched those or cared about them in any way. <laughs> so Fast and Furious was a little bit late to this, but in early 2017, they released Fate of the Furious, which 
if I recall the trailer... Oh, that's the one where, like, Dominic Toretto is evil now and betrays his family. Yeah, it's the same one as, like, okay. Anthony Hopkins being, like... Optimus Prime has left us, right? And right. Optimus oh, Prime and that was also now. the one where, right, where they were like, Optimus Prime is evil now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so Universal wanted to cash in on this, but they didn't have like, you know, those franchises. So they did their own. Like, our protagonists are now evil, and the secondary characters, who are the more popular ones, have to fight them. So I uh -huh. think Fate of the Furious is Dwayne Johnson is the main character fighting evil Vin Diesel. Oh, hey, um, that sounds way. Hey. That is, hey, that, that I, ooh, I think, I okay. don't know, I, I think, I'm just thinking. Don't right? make because, me excited for that No, because there's that line in F9 where Charlize Theron is like, oh yeah, remember when I forced Vin Diesel to fight his family, right? Like, I think sure. that's the Rock's exit to the Hobbs, is he like, fall, and, and, right, like, that's kind of, anyway. Okay. Sure. I'm pretty sure Vin Diesel is evil in that movie. I do remember and... a trailer about uh, something about to that effect. Right, so I think The Rock is the lead in that one. And my theory as to why Xander Cage mm. 3 got fast-tracked to like release right next to it is because Vinny Dees is a sensitive boy, and he needs them good boy points. And so he's got to release a movie that compensates for the fact that in Fate of the Furious, oh, his flagship franchise, The Rock is the good guy. Mm -hmm. Sure, okay. That's, uh, That's uh... my theory. That's my working theory. But we haven't seen Fate of the Furious yet, so we'll, we'll get there. Sure. So I did read, uh, I mean, I guess, spoilers for everything... Um, so when trying to figure out stuff about this movie, I found out that Vin Diesel is not in the second Xander Cage movie, which is, you know, go figure. Um, but he does die in a DVD extra for the second movie. <laughs> so, uh, so apparently what happened, um, is, so in, I did talk, mention this on the podcast, uh, a few episodes ago, okay. but, uh, if anyone needs a recap, um, Basically, um, there was a split in the Fast and Furious franchise after the first movie came out. Paul Walker and the writer of the first film made Too Fast, Too Furious with a different director, while Vin Diesel and the original director got a new writer and made Triple X as an alternate like competitor to Fast and Furious. Because Vin Diesel didn't want to come back for Fast and Furious sequels. After Tokyo Drift, he was won back over, and in Fast and Furious, the, the fourth one... Uh, I think it's the fourth one. Uh, Who he, knows? You know, he comes back and then takes over. We'll get there eventually. Again. <laughs> As a result, he jumped ship from the Triple X franchise, so Triple X decided to kill him in effigy by having a short film all about how he fucking blew up. Okay, right? cool. And then the second one, uh, they replace him with Ice Cube, the, the rapper slash actor. Uh, oh, we all know love from uh, 21 and 22 Jump Street. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. All right. That then makes more sense. All he right. decided he was he still wanted both franchises, so he eventually decided to come back for a third Triple X. And my theory as to why is because he was being he was being into the bad, bad guy guide into the in fate. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So he wanted his backup Fast and Furious franchise. Interesting. Triple X was created as an alternative Fast and Furious like branch timeline. Sure. Right. For, like, Vin Diesel himself, right? right? Like, it was like, Vin Diesel, you don't need Fast and Furious, you can be Triple X. And then he decided, 
against it and went back to Fast and Furious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is why he's not in one of the Fast and Furious movies. Which is, by the way, insane to me that there is a Fast and Furious movie that how how is inconceivable. I mean, it's also inconceivable that he's not in one of these movies because again, they're all the same. Like. <laughs> Okay, but I'm actually super excited for just the Ice Cube Fast and Furious. I actually, I cannot wait. I assume that that's the best one, actually, it was, by, it by far. It got, like, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes or I some know. shit. But you know what? This movie, and Joey, correct me if I'm wrong, this movie has big G.I. Joe 2 energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, the critics... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the critics did not like G.I. Joe 1, and that's why G.I. Joe 2 happened like that. Yeah. So my... Maybe, G, like, Triple X 2 is good, but everyone hated it. Yeah. Right? And maybe we're the ones who have to revisit well, it and say, hey, actually, Triple X 2 is good, actually. I'm gonna pause it. I think the G.I. Joe comparison is apt. Maybe we'll have to, we may have to explain that uh, a little bit for, for the listener. Uh, G.I. Joe, the first one is good, and the second one sucks. The first G.I. Uh, Joe movie that people did not like absolutely slaps it's a a goofy fun uh like it's just a joy to watch it's it's by the director of the mummy and features cameos by the cast of the mummy uh the best one of course being benny from the mummy (laughs) i'm a doctor mind bender okay Yes, okay. Uh, the first G.I. Joe movie, incredible. The second one, in which The Rock is in blackface. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that one was weird. Uh, that was a weird one. Is just the but again, most... again, uh, Joey, I, actually, I just want to put this in the podcast to cover our bases. Um, the Rock is in blackface in the same he, way that, he's, like... He's ben not King's in black. Sorry. He's in not in blackface. Face. They did make the... Okay, no, sorry. I guess we have to explain this joke now. In, in G.I. Joe 2... The Rock is deliberately darker skin toned than he is. They, they darken him with makeup and effects because um, the because character that he's playing was, is black. He does have The Rock uh, is ha- has half. He's uh, we talked about his Samoan heritage. He also has he's primarily um, Samoan. I think he he has some African American mix in there. Yes, but, but the thing is that it, it's a similar way to the fact that like Ben Kingsley was in brownface as Gandhi. Like right. he darkened his skin, but, but he one to- one of his parents is from the same like tribe as gandhi right so right, or, yeah. or so, village so right like it, it, he he's not he's not actually it's not um, cultural appropriation it's just a weird choice right yes R- right like the, we're not canceling the rock yeah this is i'm sorry i should be clear makeup. this is not it, it's a fun joke it's not actually i'm not suggesting that uh Dwayne the rock Johnson, did not do anything wrong yeah he's not done anything wrong it's not it's not problematic it's just that like it's funny that they had to make the rock darker for that movie anyway that movie is not good though for reasons having nothing to do with that um so anyway i'm gonna posit that maybe what happened is people really liked a a very bad first xander cage movie which i guess we'll find out they made one (laughs) i don't think ice cube is capable of not being fun in anything (laughs) so i assume the second one is pretty enjoyable at the very least just going by that piece of information and then maybe uh people didn't like that because they wanted vin diesel to have sex with 20 women who don't have names or identities 
Um, and they, so they came back to uh, this uh, version of the the Xander Cage uh, series. Uh, but I guess we'll find out. It is it's certainly interesting to think about. Yeah, but but anyway, just let's move through the plot. We still have not we've not gotten very far. We've not gotten and, very far at all. Tony Collette plays like uh, Sam L. Jackson's understudy at the NSA, who kind of takes over the Triple X program. And I thought um, she was the head of the NSA. Oh, maybe because I thought I thought Samuel Jackson is like because he's like the head of Joey. I actually, do know what her title is. More on that later. I have a bit where we'll we'll go back to that, and I will explain Uh-oh. it. Okay. But my understanding right, of her role in the movie was that she's with she is an authority figure with the NSA in some capacity. Sure. Um, and so she recruits uh, Xander Cage, who apparently faked his death in the DVD exclusive short film. Right. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that he could be. Mr. Popular and bang so many women. And and, so, and they do this weird thing where they're like, uh, they test him with a fake bomb or whatever and he's like... So he fires a machine gun indiscriminately into a crowd of people because he knows that it's fake bullets. Right. Like, what if you got that one wrong, Xander? Right. But then also, so they like argue for a while about like his, his civic duty and the need for him to be a patriot and then he like walks away without agreeing to anything and then in the next scene <laughs> they're like so Wait, we're working together I want to describe right? <laughs> his coming back on his he's walking and she's like where are you going and he's like London and she's like what's oh, in London fuck, and he's fuck, wait fuck, and he's yes. like uh, uh, there's a person who can help us also my coat let's talk about <laughs> the coat <laughs> wait but we also have to talk about this group of people who is I don't know any other way to put it a group of female mercenaries based yeah, in, in the UK <laughs> I also wrote that. I was like, no fucking There's minute. no way. Right? These guys again? Yeah. So, so okay. Just to be clear, listeners, in case you're keeping track, this is now the third group of female, dis- the third distinct group of all-female mercenaries really? operating the in the group. UK. So it's now, the same group. Right. So obviously it has to be the same group, which is yet another point. Which uh, is wild. It's just absolutely it's wild. That this is a consistent thing. Yes. That, like, do you think in Fate of the Furious they also have an all-female, like you know, hacktivism mercenary group in the UK? But they're supposed to, but they don't acknowledge that they're connected in any way to any of the other ones. Not in any way. Yeah, I know. I, it must be. It must be in every movie. I every know. movie they meet a bunch of female hacktivists, like you know, mercenaries. <laughs> Yeah, but they happen to just never mention them, and they're all and they're all based in London. Like it's never not in London. Well, one time it was in Russia, but they were all British. But you sorry, yes, they had like flown there because they were all British. Yes. Uh, anyway, and then he, like, has sex with the whole group of them. <laughs> right, because there's, like, a whole group of, like, this this hacker's bodyguards, and he's like, you want to have sex with me? And she's like, no, but they will. And he's like, what? And then, like, the whole room <laughs> descends upon him. It's, it's honestly, and this is the point, Zachary, where I paused the movie and called <laughs> you and said, I'm done. <laughs> That was the moment where I, when I sent you a selfie of me doing the Cooper stare into the yeah. camera lens with the caption, live Zach reaction. <laughs> because I was like, there's no fucking way that Vin Diesel is banging a whole room it's of machine clad, machine gun wielding, like, you know, I, I was like, is Cardi B here? Where, where's Cardi it's B? It's just, it's just, it's so 
upsetting. Oh, I got distracted from the coat. Yeah, this is sorry. the ugliest fucking coat that I've ever seen in my life. He has a fur coat the size of the animal like that it was taken. Craven the Hunter <laughs> from Spider Man. He has like this really big poo- and the thing is he it make the coat makes him look small. It, it does look short and weak. Like, did anybody <laughs> let Vin Diesel look in the mirror while he was wearing the coat? It looks and the ter- other characters in the movie are like that's the worst coat. <laughs> and I've right, ever seen. it's like a gag that they're all like, "Hey, that's a terrible coat." And, and he's do like, "Do you think that was ad libbed?" But Vin Diesel just really liked. <laughs> do you think coat? they just they couldn't stop themselves when they would see him from being like, "Hey, Vin, hey, man, <laughs> that's not a good coat." So I also want to add, because it's mentioned around this time, that uh, Xander Cage had defeated the evil organization Anarchy 99, which I want to add to, you know, like, Shifter and Etienne sure. and Cypher and, like, the whole, like... Just go ahead and add that to the board. Yeah. yeah, I am sure that they had something to do with technology, right? Like, there's no way they didn't, right? Like, yeah, sure, of course. Anyway, so he gets his coat back and uh, has sex with a room full of uh, women who don't have identities um, or uh, free will. Uh, and then um, the one wo- oh, this- <laughs> the one woman he didn't sleep with uh, tells him like the the box the special box is in I forget where it's on an island right, right. wait the- but the- now we get to the crew assembly because then no Diesel- before we get to the crew assembly he gets on the plane and the head right, of and NSA he is the like out. here's your sex crazed drug dealer slash handler enjoy the worst character in the movie. <laughs> All right, Nina Dobrev plays, if I'm saying that right, plays Becky, who is the, she gets introduced and her dialogue is... It's just the worst. The worst. It's just... It's like trying to be funny in a really tryhard, she's like, oh my god, this is like Xander Cage, oh my god, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like so like starstruck right now. I was at Coachella, well I wasn't, but I read about it. And I, I, she was like, oh my god, like, I don't have a safe word, I, I don't have a gag reflex, what? Choke me daddy, what? And like, I'm like, what, what are <laughs> That's we not, But those are all things that her character says on screen and they left in the movie. <laughs> I was like, hey guys, what are we doing here? Like, what, what is this? And it's so weird. And Vin Diesel's just standing there with like a doofy grin on his face the whole scene. Just, or just like, not react. Nothing of going on upstairs. It's just, it's just so bad. The, whole, the movie feels like an Austin Powers bit, <laughs> but like it, taking itself seriously. Like these are all Austin Powers level jokes. Yes, for sure. But anyway, so then they're like also. In addition to your handler, here are the soldiers you're going to be working with. And he's like, hey, you guys have a snowboard? And they're like, no. And he's like, get off my plane. <laughs> throws the whole battalion of troops out of the plane. And like, <laughs> with a parachute, but yeah. it's still nuts. But he also... <laughs> So then he, she, so then, um, Tony Collette is like, well, who would you work with? And then we get the team assembly. All right. Let's go. This is. Let's go one by one. One by one. We have to go through the crew. Absolutely nuts crew. The most. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Everything about this is, it's just insane. But let's go one by one. First, let's go one by one. First, first is, is Ruby, Ruby Rose. And I did have a moment where I was like, oh no, is it like, oh, she's a big game hunter? No, actually, she's a big game hunter hunter. 
she shoots poachers in the ditch. Which did me genuinely I got a kick out of. She feeds big game hunters to big game by shooting them in the kneecaps. Uh, it's kind she, of funny. <laughs> she also is probably extremely racist because it says she plays Call of Duty and her, uh, gamer tag is Lady Boner. Sorry, Lady underscore Boner. Sh- sorry, yeah, I forgot about the car, the co- important cards that they show under every one of them. Yeah, sure, so, yes. so she's a sniper, right. right? Okay, okay, okay. I understand why we can use a sniper on the team. Fine. Granted, Ruby Rose. Next is Yarp. <laughs> yeah, next is Yarp, who is... A stunt driver with... His thing is he crashes his car on purpose, (laughs) usually into ATMs or banks, but doesn't get away with the money. (laughs) He also... And he holds the world record for most car crashes. Yes. What's... Hold on. Wait, Joey. My finger is whispering something to me. Hold on. What's that? Oh, yeah. He was abducted by aliens. (laughs) Twice. Twice, yes. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Bimbo. Thank you, Mr. Bimbo. Yeah, so he's completely, he's completely insane. He's completely insane due to the repeated head trauma. (laughs) But my favorite thing about this is this is literally what they do in Fast Five as flashback to in Fast Ten, where they just drive. (laughs) They just drive. Right, so I saw the scene where he crashes into the bank, and I was like, oh, it's, once again, this is a Fast and Furious scene. This has been a bunch of movies. But I do have to say, now having seen Spy Racers Mexico, and assuming that this is canon to the Funiverse, he has been abducted by aliens, right? Oh, for sure. Wait, oh, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, like the Gizmoids prob- have probed him, right? For sure. Uh, it's a wonder he can say anything besides Yarp. Yarp. <laughs> but in this movie, he does. Um, then and then... <laughs> right, so to recap, we've got a murderer, a lunatic stunt driver, and number three is number a fuckboy fu- DJ. DJ. <laughs> Fuckboy DJ. He sneaks into clubs, plays music, and then leaves. <laughs> and throughout the movie, he will only do those three things. That's what he does! <laughs> At one point, he hits somebody in the face with a pair of headphones. That is it. Yeah. Like, why did we need this guy? And the DJ? The DJ is literally there. It's as though... Vin Diesel was like, I don't understand how the movie has a soundtrack unless we have somebody playing music in the movie. He so also he... says, I'm not a soldier, I'm a baller. Which, besides being hella cringe, is also like, <laughs> yeah, why are you on this It's team? an amazing... Honestly, yes. Does he uh, kill anybody intentionally I don't think during so. this movie? I don't think so. I think he just, he just plays bad music. That's true. Joey, let's talk about his card fun fact. Because, okay, so we have... Call of Duty gamer and abducted by aliens. What's sure. that, Mr. Bimbo? Twice. <laughs> Twice. So, but Nikki nicks the hood, right? Like, sure. his thing is it says, dated Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga in the same night. Now, Joey, <laughs> besides the fact that... No, I, I decided not to ask questions about that one. No, 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 I'm going to ask you a very important question because here's the thing. The implication of this line is that he had a three-way with just two random female pop stars that the writer pulled out of nowhere, and it's, like, super sexist. Sure, yeah. 
I wanna, for the course. <laughs> I want to offer an alternate understanding. That it was like a sitcom uh, it scenario. Was a Frasier situation. Yeah, exactly. So he's like... Because it doesn't say he boned. It says he dated. He's going to two different parties. Yeah, exactly. Right, so my understanding is this guy was DJing at a club, right? And Taylor Swift was like, hey, I like your style. You want to go out Thursday? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm free Thursday. And Lady Gaga's like, hey, you want to go out Thursday? And he's like, yeah, I'm free Thursday. And then he's like, oh, no, I said yes to oh, boned. Yeah, and so then he has to do... He has to have like a friend with like a walkie-talkie like coaching keep excusing himself exactly and he's like changing clothes because one of them is at like a nice restaurant one of them's at a bowling alley yeah exactly like that one episode of arthur so he has to keep changing into like a bowling hey i would much rather fucking watch that than any of this movie (laughs) that's the only reason i could think that the guy made it on the cruise because vin diesel like this guy once pulled a fraser with (laughs) yeah sure in a very hilarious movie that won't be featured here so this guy doesn't belong here and doesn't ever contribute anything besides some shitty music yeah but anyway so then they go to so the three of these guys like pull up in cars the nsa i guess procured them for uh you know vin diesel and he's like now this is a crew i can work with and i'm like why prove that anyone can work with? Right, so, right, yeah, and also, like, unless, if in case it wasn't clear, they're also all complete psychopaths, like, you just, they're, they're not just useless and crazy, they all, the one thing that they all share is just a sort of disdain for human life. <laughs> now, okay, then they go to Then they go party. to the island. They, in an island run by pirates in the South Pacific. Yes. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not! <laughs> So this is clearly <laughs> Banana Pirate Island. <laughs> Spy Racer. I mean, you're not wrong. Like, how many? How many? <laughs> also, Vin Diesel's like, I happen to know this is a fortress and hideout used by the most prolific arms smugglers in the South Pacific. And I'm like, oh, like that island in Spy <laughs> Oh, like the island in Spy Racers that's like that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's gotta be, right? How many could there be? <laughs> I think not! There's no way! But then he shows up, Donnie is there, absolutely dripping with drip. Sheer style. Because Donnie is in, like, the most immaculate Hawaiian shirt at this party. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Just to be clear, uh, what are they doing on this island? Uh, there's a DJ a and <laughs> they're having a party. Wait, but Vin Diesel strolls up to Donnie Yen and he has the audacity to be like, your outfit is trash. Dude, like- My, my dude. <laughs> you, first of all, take a look at yourself. Second of all, right? As if he couldn't make me hate this character more, he has to have him insult Donnie Yen, who's already cool as shit, mm-hmm. in a Hawaiian shirt, yeah. kind of my whole steam. <laughs> right, so it's, it's personal. No, uh, it's personal. It's personal for you, yes. I'm like, there's a uh, YouTuber I like who, who called uh, Hawaiian shirts, if they're worn well, Margaritaville chic, which I nice. was like, that is my style <laughs> in a nutshell. Absolutely. And Donnie Yen, if there's anybody who can, like, put everybody else in a Hawaiian shirt to shame, it's someone as cool as Donnie Yen, right? Like, Donnie Yen is the coolest dude. And Vin Diesel strolls up, he's like, hey, I'm cooler than you, look at my dumb coat. And all this is intercut with uh, what I would describe as uh, uh, some very anime camera angles. There's just... I mean, so much ass. I, I don't know if we... I guess we didn't hit the, the head hard enough here. This... This is um if you get if the cinematographer were a 14-year-old boy <laughs> is what we're talking about here just every shot of a woman is 
um, does let's just say doesn't focus on her face. But it's okay, Joey, because apropos of nothing, with no buildup, the Russian military shows up. <laughs> I'm sorry, military, I forgot right? about the Russian military. And then they ride motorcycles on water. Yeah, well, no, he goes. Well, okay, yes. <laughs> so, so they start fighting. Uh, Vin Diesel leaves, comes back with a dirt bike, and fights the Russian military on a dirt bike by hitting them with the wheels over and over again. And then, but Donnie, okay, so Donnie Yen, uh, then, uh, Gets his own dirt bike. Gets his own dirt bike, grabs the, the Pandora, um, from the world of James Cameron's Avatar, uh, and he, um, goes and he, uh, drives off with it. Uh, by the way, the whole fight is happening at night. Uh, it is immediately the middle of the next day. Oh, um, I mean, that's in keeping with the way that night and day work in the universe as established by Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, yeah, of course, right? So, uh, and then they, so they drive so far that they are then surfing on the, because the dirt bikes have little ski things that come down. Hey, hey guys, the green screen in that one <laughs> gag scene of Airplane is better than the green screen in the it's sequence. It's really, it's quite something. But then they're like surfing on motorcycles that have water skis attached to the bottom for some reason. Um, and then, then Donnie Yen disappears underwater and Vin Diesel gets the box. And then the the lady shoots it. Do we properly explain the dynamics in this movie between the like three oh, yeah, or four different groups? Yeah, because there's all, Donnie Yen. Um, uh, big has big reveal. Serena. They're all triple X agents, right? Donnie Yen is a rogue triple X agent. Um, so is what's so her is fate? Serena, who yes. is um, Deepika Padukone. Anyway, so she, uh, she's the other triple X agent who's working with Donnie Yen, but she wants the thing destroyed. Donnie Yen wants to use it for e. Evil, well, um, presumably for something. for good, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, but well, whatever. And and so there. Well, no, but this is argument. important because uh, it's actually right. So Vin Diesel wants to get the box to give it back to the NSA. You know, the notorious, right, the, NSA. the notorious heroes of America, the NSA. Right? He wants to get the box to give it to the NSA. Uh, um, Serena wants to get the box she to wants destroy it. it. And Donnie Yen wants the box so that he can build a new world order. Or something. <laughs> or something. But anyway, so she shoots the box, it's destroyed, they think, okay, problem solved. Except then it's revealed that was not the box. That was a prototype of the box. box. There's a different box that somebody has. Before we go into the second half of this movie and recap the rest of the plot, I want to take a break here and talk about something very important about this movie. Mm. This is the only movie in this entire franchise, and I say this franchise meaning XXX, Fast and Furious, Italian Job, everything. Sure, yeah. That has a novelization. Because clearly this is the reading man's film. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's what this is. Well, they saw the scene where the guy beats the other guy to death with a book, and we're like, ah, this is the only one of these movies that has a book in it. <laughs> so therefore it needs a novelization. I do not know why they thought this one needed the novelization. It's actually such a good question, right? How did this movie get picked for a novelization? It it, it boggles the mind. The novelization was done by Tim Wagner. Okay. Yeah, he, he does novelizations for a lot of things. Um, and I don't want to necessarily cast any shade on Tim here. Sure. The thing is that, like... 
Tim was given a specific job to do, which was he he did not see the movie. He was handed the script. He was told to adapt the script, the stage direction, the dialogue into the novelization. Um, and he actually, I read his blog where he talked about the process of this. Um, and he said that he added certain things, anything that was not in the script, the studio demanded to be taken out. So he added an epilogue, he added some extra scenes, they were all taken out. So any additional information that's in that novelization that did not make it into the movie was in the original script for the movie. And that's very important mm. for everybody to keep in mind. Because I want to talk about the novelization, which I read. Jeez, did you actually read the whole thing? I skimmed it. Oh my god, okay. I did read more of it. It's not very long. It's 11 chapters. Like, it's not the longest book in the world. It was fine. I skipped a lot of the action description because it was just boring reading it. You know? Oh, he wrote a Stargate novel. Interesting. Anyway, so right, I, I, <laughs> I, so I want to talk about some stuff from the, um, from the book, but I thought it would be fun to do it. There was one thing in particular that I wanted to read how it came across in writing. Um, so I want to do a little game, Joey, oh, no. where... I put you to the test and see if you can guess what was written, I guess, in the script, but also in the book. You know why, okay. Joey? Why? Because the book brings you back. I ain't telling you no lie. The book brings you back. All that you can rely. I told you I'd get Blues Traveler in here. Oh my god. Uh, Joey, I'm going to. I didn't understand any of that. (laughs) I am going to read you uh, or, or present to you specific situations from the book, specifically that deal with the introduction of female characters oh no your job is to tell me i have oh i'm so uncomfortable with this multiple this is multiple choice all right i will present you with one real description or piece of dialogue by a female character or description of a female character oh no and three that i made up oh no your job is to determine which one is real and which ones i made up oh jeez so let's start at the beginning of the book when uh jane mark the you know the like the nsa lady is introduced in the board meeting of the cia agents right Mm. this one uh i'm going to read you an excerpt leading into her dialogue and you're going to tell me what she says okay it says suddenly a piercing whistle cut through two men shouting they quieted at once and turned to see who had made the whistle i brought a tape measure if that would help you settle things faster The woman was a striking blonde in her early 40s. She wore a severe white suit jacket and skirt, the lines of the clothing sharp enough to draw blood. She projected an aura of icy confidence, and her eyes shone with fierce, uncompromising intelligence. This is a dangerous person, the director thought. Aloud, he said, who the hell are you, and how did you get in here? (laughs) Dane Mark, I'm with the OGA. Never heard of you. How does Jane respond? Does she say, A... Well, then, I guess there's no need for the tape measure after all. Does she say B? Well, then, I guess out of all the swinging dicks in this room, I'm the only one who's any good at her goddamn job. Oh, no. Does she say C? Well, then, I guess I have the biggest dick of all. Oh, no. Does she say D? Well, then, everyone can shut up and listen to the only one here who knows what she's doing. (laughs) Are you kidding? Are you fucking kidding me? Um, one of those is real. Oh, 
Okay, I wish it was the last one, but I want to say B. That is correct. It is, I guess, out of all the swinging dicks in this room, I'm the only one who's any <laughs> oh, good at her goddamn no. job. I, I, I see, I knew it wasn't going to be the last one because it was the least upsetting. <laughs> uh, I also just want to say, so she says she's with the OGA, not uh-huh. the NSA or the CIA. Sure. OGA is a government term for other government agency it Uh means uh like an agency that won't be officially named in Uh the records it's basically like an obtainium for (laughs) elements so uh but so much like james cameron canonized unobtainium as an actual element in the triple x world the oga is an actual is an organization okay cool okay next in the london sequence oh no ainsley and her you know yeah bodyguards Ainsley is described as blank, while her bodyguards are described as blank. Oh, no. Is Ainsley described as A, an elegant princess, while her bodyguards are described as lethal, yet enticing? Fuck. Is she described as B, supple, yet sleek? Fuck! No, that's not real! Wait, while her bodyguards are described as something out of, quote-unquote, the best parts of James Bond... Oh, dear lord. She's as smoking hot as strikingly brilliant, and they are described as the cover of Playboy Spy Edition. None of this could possibly be real. D, she is described as having noble blood, or appearing to have noble blood, and uh, her bodyguards are described as an NRA member's wet dream. Fuck, I'm going to... Oh my god. There's... You gotta pick one. Okay, I gotta say A because it's it's not the grossest, but it's but it's still gross. You are incorrect. She is described as D, appearing to have noble blood, and they are described as an NRA member's wet dream. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I have the excerpt here if you would like to hear it. I I mean I really don't, but I have a feeling you're gonna read it. A pair of stunningly beautiful women armed with assault rifles and wearing black bikinis stood at the edge of the heated pool built into the roof. They looked like something out of an NRA member's wet dream, but if either of them felt the cold, they didn't show it. Blah, 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 blah. Her two-piece swimsuit showed off her lithe body along with the ankle monitor attached to her leg, although she was no longer in the water. She still moved with the same elegant grace as she she had in the pool. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Um, they hinted at unknown deaths with it. Her eyes, I'm skipping ahead. Uh, classical old world beauty. She looked as though she descended from a long line of noble blood, and who knows, perhaps she had. I am going to die. (laughs) Okay. Um, next. So, Adele, Ruby Rose's character, in Uh the earpiece, seeing X flirting with Serena, what Uh does she say about her? Or in, what does she say to X when he is flirting with serena does she say a i'm gonna be sick you know what ruins everything boobs does she say b you know i'm starting to feel left out without a dick to think with does she say c you have a job to do and it's not her or does she say d damn she's toned hey x you want to switch with me fuck um fuck (laughs) is it b uh, it is A, I'm gonna be sick, you know it ruins everything, boobs. Oh, god, alright. And lastly, I wanna talk about I Becky. Hate, hate, His techie I hate, handler. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. He's a slash drug dealer slash sex addict, okay. <laughs> yeah. See, when 
Xander first sees her, he notes in his internal monologue her glasses. And then later there's a scene, which is not in the final film, where he takes off her glasses and describes her without the glasses. How is she described in each of these scenes? Why are you doing this to me? (laughs) Is she described with her glasses as a sexy owl and without the glasses (laughs) as almost irresistible? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's ever been described as a sexy owl. That's not a thing. It's never. I haven't. There are three other options. The phrase has never been uttered before. A, a sexy owl, or without the glasses, almost irresistible. B, with the glasses, she looks like a librarian in a porno, and without the glasses, she's almost pretty. Oh my god, I'm gonna. C, with the glasses, she is a professor in a porno, but without the glasses, she is secretly a fragile, frightened girl. Or oh D, God. with the glasses, she is the type of girl who would never give Xander a second look. Without the glasses, she is just his type. Every one of these options is so bad in a completely different way. I'm so scared to find out what the answer actually is. You gotta pick one. Okay, what was the one, not the sexy owl one, that's not real, that can't be real. Um, so I'm ruling that out. Um... What was the really, uh, um, the last one is the least, uh, okay, no, it's, there's, they're all gross. The last one is gross in a different way that I feel like doesn't fit Xander Cage. (laughs) So I think it has to be one of the gross ones where, like, she describes her as either a professor or a librarian in a porno, because you could have made up one of those, but it would have been stupid to make up two like that. I think C is the right level of gross for this movie. It is A, a sexy owl. No, it's fucking not! How could that that be? Stop! (laughs) Xander turned to see a woman coming out of the cockpit and hurrying toward them. She she was a pretty brunette with wide-lens glasses that made her look something like a sexy owl. She wore a white blouse unbuttoned further than was strictly professional. Black slacks and a simple gold chain around her neck. She spoke at a rapid-fire pace, so fast that Xander had trouble keeping up. What was this guy's name? Tim Wagoneer or whatever? Wagoneer. Again, this could be in the the script. No, some of these are... I mean... Me, oof, I don't know. Wait, and then, and then the later scene is it says he took off her glasses. She was beautiful with them on, but without them, without the barriers between her oh, and the world, she my. gained added vulnerability that was almost irresistible. I need to throw something across the room. Um, hey, this, hey, this sucks. <laughs> the book brings you back. <laughs> I, 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 I hate no this lie. so much. I want to talk about something real quick. Because I yeah. think I understand. Is it related to this? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the misogyny of this movie. Uh, I oh, want how talk- much time do you have? <laughs> I want to talk about one very specific thing about the misogyny of this movie. Um, that Because I think you, in one of your fake ones, uh, had mentioned um, uh, Bond girls, right? Yeah. So I think that Vin Diesel thinks that that's what... I think I think Vin Diesel thinks Xander Cage is uh his James Bond and that in the he, way that Fast and Furious is his Mission Impossible. Exactly. And that he's 
and that he he thinks he's pulling off the James Bond sort of uh uh version of a lot of this stuff including the uh the the casual misogyny Wait actually of... that makes a lot of sense a lot of Bond movies start with him having faked his death living with yes, some exactly. broad in some village where everyone likes him and then he gets discovered and recruited back into the fold Yeah no for, there are many many parallels here that may, make it seem like this is like somebody trying to make like a uh like a <laughs> Like a a, a D tier knockoff of a James Bond film. You've but, actually you've actually blown my because like I was aware of the the fact that it wants to be an espionage movie, but I didn't think no, of it specifically in terms of, a Bond film for sure. I think of Fast and Furious as really trying to be Mission Impossible with like the stunts and the the spectacle yeah. and Tom Cruise ishness of it all. But yeah, this is really like he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to be you know Tom Cruise. In one franchise and Daniel Craig in, in the other. Yeah, except not Daniel Craig. No, more he, like Sean Connery. Exactly. He, he thinks he... But that's the thing is, Vin Diesel thinks he's Sean Connery, and he's absolutely not. And he's Vin Diesel. And he's, he's Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Baby. And that was... Groovalicious, baby. I almost talked about this when you mentioned Austin Powers, because but I knew we'd have another opportunity to talk about it. Is, yes, almost exactly... Here's the thing, is that... The James Bond films, the, especially the, the, the older James Bond films, were absolutely deeply misogynistic in a variety of ways. But James Bond, even at its most um, problematic from a modern perspective, has a sort of undeniable, I guess, charm. Charm is the right way, even to its... Sean Connery would never, like, uh, you know, uh, grab a woman's ass and leer at the camera and say, the things I do for my country, <laughs> right? Like, that's... <laughs> that's. I was like, he's making that up, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that does happen. It does happen, in the, right? Like, <laughs> that's the, right? Like, that's not... So, so I think Vin Diesel uh, is thinks he's making a James Bond film, but what he's making is, like a knockoff James Bond film where all the charm is stripped away and it's just the most base, uh, uh, vile versions of things. Not that... I thought you, I thought you said based for a second. No, sorry, like, no. Not based. based. No, not, not based. No, right? Like, no, 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 really. Like, unquestionably, right, going back and watching older, uh, James Bond films, the women are not treated, uh, with the, uh, respect that you would want uh any human woman to be treated but they are treated with more respect than the women in this movie and this movie came out in 2017 and those movies came out much much longer ago and that's my point is that i in in trying to make what i guess he thinks is a modern james bond featuring himself he's actually made several steps backwards and it's this movie is so much more misogynistic in the way it treats its female characters and their interactions with each other and with Vin Diesel especially than really even the worst of the oldest James Bond films. I so, have, I want to jump in here and just amend something that you said a little bit just to kind of cover our ass because I do think it's important. Um 
Vin Diesel's not the writer or director sure, of this fine. movie. Yes, and like, sorry. I know he's a producer and he has a lot of creative control over this. And there was a, a review that I was looking at on Letterboxd, which I, I deliberately chose not to put in in reviews. Although I thought it was funny, which just said, like, this movie's gross. Vin Diesel's a pig. And, <laughs> like... Sure. And, yeah, and, okay. I, and I didn't put it in because at the end of the day, like we've talked on the podcast before about there's a difference between reading into text and reading sure. like, uh, deliberate kind of like at the at the end of the day, we can only say the product that Vin Diesel has made has these ideas in it. We can't say Vin Diesel meant to put these ideas in it. Sure. I think what he is. Feels... Hold on. But he is expressly the avatar of those ideas in this yes. movie, whether or not they were originated with him he still grabbed a woman's ass leered at the camera and said delivered the, those lot right like right and i think the problem is that it also it this feels like a star vehicle it feels like an ego project it yes absolutely like the vin diesel show and so we can't say if it's an accident even more than something like fast 10 this feel this movie is about this one dude right like it's so, like about... we we have some good fun we we talk about yeah. vin diesel being into piss we talk about uh xander cage being a mary sue i do want to just just say like at the end of the day we don't know what goes on behind the scenes a lot goes yeah. into making a movie and i want to just say like at the end of the day like people say that vin diesel's really nice right that he's like a, a okay. sweetheart yeah. softy whatever fine sure that said the movie that vin diesel has made is one of the most importantly sexist yeah. things and let's all right so let, let's and, take and vin we, diesel. that can't be discounted yeah let's all right we i, I don't necessarily I, I don't feel strongly about beating up on vin diesel like he's the obvious target because he has made himself the avatar of the ideas expressed in this movie in a very explicit way but let's just say this movie in trying to do what it thinks old James Bond movies did made a movie that's much more upsetting to watch and deeply problematic than James Bond movies that came out well before it when when this movie uh, expresses attitudes that would have been considered regressive when Sean Connery was James Bond, is what I'm I, trying to say. You know what? I gotta I gotta say, I've said it before on the podcast, I think, unless I, I have a terrible memory about what I say on the podcast, but I'm fairly certain I've said that Kingsman does what, you know, Vin Diesel wants to do, or whoever, right? Like, this movie, mm. this franchise wants to do, Kingsman does. Um, and I'm gonna say it again. Yeah. Uh, King, Kingsman is the way to go here. Uh, you know, I, I am not a big fan of the second Kingsman movie. I did not see the prequel Kingsman movie. I've heard mixed things. I imagine that the first Kingsman is just lightning in a bottle. And, yeah. and one of the reasons why I'm not, I'm not gonna just trouble myself with, uh, going through more Kingsman content is I'm like, the first one really to me is just perfect. And I don't want to sully that. Uh, cause the second one I thought really ruined it. Um, but like, yeah, that first Kingsman movie, I think, does old Bond in a way which feels tongue-in-cheek and aware of the misogyny of some of the tropes. And this is also part of my problem with the second Kingsman movie, is that it just feels more exploitative of women and mm. not in a self-aware way. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that first Kingsman movie, though, I really do think strikes that balance well, where it captures some of that old-school... A little bit of trashiness, but, like, class and, and fun. Oh, uh, unquestionably, right? Like, uh, the, the first Kingsman movie is about the balance between... I mean, explicitly, in those words, the balance between trashiness and class and their place in a classic British espionage movie. There is certainly an element that uh, I think we, we both agreed is, is a noble... Uh, 
aim that uh, you know the Fast and Furious movies seems to ha- seem to have of um, democratizing the sort of like uh, uh, espionage action thriller, right? Like uh, and, you know bringing uh, you know better. Uh, 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 representation, uh, and, uh, like, broader appeal to, uh, to that sort of, uh, to that sort of movie. Uh, Xander Cage, this movie, uh, sucks. sucks. Also, doesn't, not just doesn't have that ideal, doesn't have any ideals. Um, well, there are some ideals in the latter half of the movie, which I, we should talk about, but I we guess, have to but, recap the second half of the plot. Sure, yes. Let's do it. Let's talk about Detroit. <laughs> you are going... Take him to Detroit! <laughs> <laughs> it's... Okay. Let's <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> you are going... Looks like you're going to Detroit, Jimbo. It's just... It's such a wild... Basically, it's they not go to Detroit like, okay. where the twist is that the CIA director was the guy with the box the whole time. He is the real box, not the fake prototype box that they destroyed. This also does not make any sense because the, no, the way that they figured this sense. out is because he was the only one who didn't flinch when Donnie Yen's crew attacked the CIA headquarters, except he's not in league with Donnie Yen's crew. They're competing factions for the box. Yeah, no, I... This I, explanation makes no sense. None of it makes any sense but that also, doesn't matter like they say gibbons was killed by some hacker in brazil or something like just some random teenager who like accidentally hit a button or whatever here's but then the they thing. want us to believe there was a whole scheme or whatever There's, here's uh, the thing it doesn't matter right like nobody watching this movie apart from us is trying to follow the threads of the plot they're just here to see uh women in bikinis uh and vin diesel doing six stunts and some guns There's some some dope ass radical flipper yeah exactly you need to see people do flips right so it doesn't matter that none of the plot threads make any sense did we gloss over too quickly that they rode motorcycles on the water <laughs> i think we did focus on it for a bit they rode motorcycles on the water it was very stupid by and bad. that point in the movie i was already checked out it was only halfway through the movie but i was already letting stuff just wash over me at that point but anyway so they fight in detroit and and this whole time i'm like god these are the shittiest sets like it's just the uh, like a shitty highway in the middle of nowhere no exactly no it's just detroit why did they set it in detroit i was like why is it in detroit this is like the worst why is it in detroit this is this is detroit in 2017 so yeah it's just lots of abandoned cars uh run down apartment buildings hey can i just say with trash like even shittier warehouses. Even warehouses shittier. reaching right. shittiness levels you never thought possible. This is Detroit post-collapse of the American auto industry, where they have chosen to set the final scene, the final act of this movie. It doesn't make any sense. I guess there's lots of opportunities for them to do flips over cars. That uh, They get hit by Vin Diesel and Donnie get hit by cars a lot. Oh, that was um, another thing that I, I took down. All of the action in this is weightless. There's no, like, real impact to anything. There's yeah. no stakes. You know they're going to survive everything. So Vin Diesel and Donnie Yen are racing to get the drive. Uh, but they're also McGuffin. collaborating and helping each other. So While also like, fighting. Yeah, so they're, like, fight- punching each other and kicking each other. And then when, like, the CIA director's bodyguard tries to shoot at them, they, like, work together to take him out, right? So it's, like, a friendly competition to get the box away from the CIA. 
suspects, but they just have different goals. Right. But at the but, end of it, they... But the CIA agent is going to drop... The CIA director... By the way, this... Okay, so we haven't actually appropriately talked... So the CIA director is, turns out, is the real villain, um, and he is the one who's using the magic box to drop satellites on... Because he wants every spy agency but the CIA deactivated. I thought it was including the CIA... No, he wants the CIA to be the one world power. Sure, okay. He's trying to make the agency, right? Essentially. (laughs) Essentially, right? So he he wants every other spy agency in the whole world to disband, so he's going to keep dropping satellites on population centers. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Joey. What? This is the bad guy's plan from G.I. Joe 2, actually. I just realized (laughs) this now. It's all connected. Because if you think about it, Cobra's plan, You're right, right? He wants everybody to is, is, uh, is a bluff nuclear disarmament. For everyone to right. disarm their nukes except the U.S. And then they're going to use satellites to drop bombs on cities from orbit. Right. Right. And Cobra's going to take over the world and run it as a shadow government. Yes. So this actually You're, is actually G.I. Joe this, too. Right. Okay. So this is just the second G.I. Joe movie. Um. Yeah. No. Basically. Um. But yeah. So he is dropping uh bombs, uh, dropping satellites on uh places uh to get all spy agencies to disband except for uh except it's not i mean like he's the director of the cia (laughs) why hey i think i'm gonna get a little alex jones on you guys but uh this is true uh the cia is essentially like a rogue organization that operates with minimal oversight from the u.s government and does whack shit all the time he he didn't like kill JFK. <laughs> he didn't need to do this. He's the director of the fucking CIA. <laughs> like anyway, it doesn't... they kill him. They take the box. They bring it back to Tony Collette, uh, and then she turns around and pulls a gun on Xander because uh, now all triple X operatives are uh, for no be- reason. The president decrees. President Joseph Gordon Biden decree. Oh, it was, uh, Wait, 2017. it was 2017. So President, uh, President Trump. Trump- President, President Trump tweeted that all triple X agents, all, all triple X agents are now enemies oh, of the state. We're, get, we're winning we, so much that all triple X, Vin Diesel, Vin, Vin Diesel is you I'm better than Indies. I can do all those flips and tricks and stunts. I have I the biggest to. flips. I have the best flips. <laughs> you can, I, I could drive the best cars. Yeah. Dominic Toretto doesn't have anything on me. Everyone says, Donald, you drive the best muscle cars. <laughs> Everyone's like, Donald, we, we want you to be in the new movies. Fuck. <laughs> Man, Fuck. Trump impressions got so unfunny that they looped right back. And were, well, here's the thing: is he's our next president, Zachary, so oh, they're gonna be course, funny yeah. again. <laughs> like David Tennant is our next doctor. Exactly, forever. <laughs> forever yeah. <laughs> Oh fuck. Okay. So anyway, so President Donald Trump (laughs) gives the order to execute Vin Diesel, and she's standing right next to him, and of course shoots him in the chest. That was the wrong time to take a sip of Red Bull Freak Show. 
So so she's standing right in front of him and has a gun on him and of course chooses to shoot him in the chest Not rather than the head, the head. Right? She's she said point blank he has no opportunity to dodge. She has the gun like literally pointed at him and she chooses to shoot him in the chest uh and not in the head and then assumes he's dead without checking and everybody leaves him alone with donnie yen and of course he's fucking not dead uh, and of course he and donnie yen then team up and but now she's gonna drop a satellite on the shittiest warehouse where the rest of the team by the way this is the sh- even shittier than the even shittier warehouse. than the shittiest way this is the bottom tier warehouse <laughs> This is a new level of shitty warehouse yeah. where um, all the other triple X agents, everyone but Dami Toretto. I mean, that's because uh, it's like there. not a warehouse. It's like an abandoned apartment building in abandoned Detroit it, in they, 2017. They are in Detroit, unfortunately, yeah. uh, for everybody. Uh, but anyway, it so, just makes. Why would they choose to send it in Detroit? Anyway, so they're like pinned down by an armed like gunman squad or whatever. Right. So now down. the CIA and NSA and whoever are all like on them trying to kill them all because they're all they've all been declared enemies of the state because President Donald Trump you know, decided President Donald Trump wants to use the super weapon for himself right right he, he wants, wants to well. use the special box to drop satellites on it which is it's still not clear why, why is this a, okay anyway he wants anyway. they want they want to use the special box weapon uh, and they don't want any triple X to know about it, so they're all enemies of the state. I also want to say during this segment, uh, Vin Diesel and Donnie Yen are like fighting on the plane, and they like shoot one of the pilots, and the plane goes into free fall. And, and then it, people making it's the in movie, free, it's a full on. The plane is in a full on nosedive for twenty fucking minutes. Oh, I wasn't even going to talk about that. I was going to talk about how the people in this movie think that when something is in free fall, it's oh, there's zero gravity. Plane. Yes, because they do space like zero grav pushing off of walls and stuff. Right. And I'm like, that's not how inertia works, you dumbass mother. Walkers. So this is, and by the way, they are in the agency's um like big carrier oh, yeah, plane. It is the agency plane. It's the like it the, C- the C seventeen or whatever. I forget what it is. It's the agency's plane. They're fully in the agency's plane. We didn't talk about that before. Uh, it's in a full on nosedive for like twenty minutes, and the whole time they're in the nosedive. He punches the soldier guy who calls him the Red Bull Freak Show through a toilet. toilet. And then Uh, says, that's gonna need a second flush. There's so much crazy shit in this. If I feel like we're rushing, there's so much crazy shit that we have to talk about in the second half of the movie. Yeah, no, it's it's bonkers. Um, And then... Zachary. Yeah, so everyone's pinned down, and what's that? Who, Who should that be? Thank God, the gangster's back. Thank God, the gangster's back. That's right. Thank God, by Ice Cube starts blaring as explosions. Boom! Boom! It's boom! Actually, it's, it's actually Ice it's Cube. Fucking Ice Cube entering to his own song. His it's own song. The greatest moment. It's me. It's by far the greatest moment in this film. Holy shit! Hello, Mister Nice Plant. <laughs> Fuck you, looking at. I just started texting Zachary Ice Cube emojis in the middle of watching this. It's, he's he's not. Ice Cube isn't capable of not being the most fun part of anything. He just, just randomly shows up at the end, fucking blows everybody with up. A, he, he walks in with a grenade launcher, blows up half the NSA. <laughs> and then, wait, but the, the best thing about this, right, 
is that the music is like, thank God the gangster's back, right? That, that's like his, his thing. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, Ice Cube. Yep. But then at the end of the movie, he's like, oh, I'm so glad I got to work with the legendary Xander Cage. I'm like, no, no, this yeah. should be going the other way around. Yeah, seriously. People should be talking you up, because Ice Cube, you the one that saved the movie, actually. Yeah, like, for like, sure. Ice Cube's the one that saved the movie for me. Yeah, and the the big reveal at the end is that Ice Cube had his car the whole time. I had uh, Vin right. Diesel's not car a Dodge Charger, which I was like, wait, is that a Dodge Charger? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I was like, is this the crossover moment? Like, is a portal about to open up? No, because first you see the car, and then I'm like, is a portal about to open up? And Dominic Reyes gonna step Like, I was like, but no, it's a different car. Ice Cube had it the whole time. And here's the thing: I really want to land on is that at the end of this movie this group of people is a rogue group of in- of terrorists i uh, wanted, wanted criminals by every world government wanted by every world government they have murdered the heads of every us intelligence agency oh, they kill tony collette and then Vin Diesel jumps out of the back of a plane and through sheer force of, I guess, God and anime, yeah, j- destroys the satellite as it's falling to crash on the warehouse. Right, uh, and, and he jumps out of the plane without a parachute and is fine. Right, cause... but then he manages to land after, like, he d- he blows up the satellite, then lands fine without a parachute on the ground near everybody else in the warehouse. Ice Cube pulls up, starts talking him up, and then they're all like, hell yeah. Right. Okay, so at this point, this oh, and is... Oh, and he kisses Serena, uh, the who switched sides and is with him now. Yeah, and Donnie Yen is totally... Has abandoned his principles and is totally cool with destroying the box. They destroy the box. And he's also cool with being shot and just walks away without any medical attention. Yeah, <laughs> Donnie Yen is cool with all of it, right? Like, Donnie no Yen matter. just like, we cool now. We cool now, right? Like, I no longer care about what I wanted to do this whole... I killed many people to achieve something that I no longer care about. Destroy the box, right? Like, okay, sure, whatever. Um, at this point, they've killed the heads of every U.S. intelligence agency. They've caused trillions in dollars of damage globally. Oh, no, 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 they've killed the head of... The CIA, and they've killed the head and of the head of the NSA, <laughs> or the OGA, depending on or the OGA, depending on which version you go with. And the OGA again just means a different. No, agent. but uh, don't forget they've also now joined up with uh, Donnie Yen's crew, who killed a bunch of the other or rogue triple X, right? Who killed a bunch of other U.S. intelligence agency heads in the boardroom in the beginning. So I'm saying right. collectively, this group of people has collectively killed. Every head of every U.S. intelligence agency caused trillions of dollars in damage globally, murdered thousands of people in a, quite a few countries, all within the span of a few days, and now they're just hanging out in a parking lot in Detroit, the most wanted, the, this group of the most wanted terrorists the world has ever seen is now just hanging out in a parking lot in Detroit chilling. Well, no, because here's the thing. Then they're like, okay, everyone's going to be after us now. And they're like, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, what do we do? I know. <laughs> but then they just all go to the f- very public funeral of Agent Gibbons. Not in disguise, right? Not they in just, disguise. Right. There is a funny bit where Yarp is singing along to the gospel choir. Sure, uh, yes. In the funeral, that's pretty funny. But then Vin Diesel's there, and who strolls up? And I, I, my, yep. the note that I wrote here was, I fucking knew it. Yeah, of course. Bill Jackson strolls up. I wrote, of course he's alive, and of course now he's actually Nick Fury. 
Because, wait, but here's what's crazy. He has an iPad. He has, like, a pair of glasses with one lens, like, blacked out. But he, d- but he hasn't has lost an eye. He's both. Right. It's just for the bit. Right, he has, he has, uh, he's wearing a a pair of glasses where one of the lenses is blacked out, just for the bit, because you can still see his eye underneath it. (laughs) And there's no reason given for this, it is never addressed. Right, and he he shows up to do his, he shows up to say, and and say the movie's tagline, which is, uh, whatever. Save the world, get the girl, look dope doing it. Right, and then Vigiz is like, yeah, I can manage that. Right. Or also, we saw him be engulfed by flames when a satellite fell on yeah. top of him. Again, doesn't matter. And also, the soccer guy is there. He's yeah. also cool. Right. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm good. Right. So, my final thought that I wrote down after watching this movie was, I fucking hate this garbage movie. It's just that it's such a pathetic knockoff of something that was already bad. Like, if Kmart sold knockoff great value brand products that just crumble to dust in your hands when you picked them up off the shelf. <laughs> and that is my final verdict on this movie. <laughs> well, I want to talk about, because here's the thing. This movie's bad. Hot take, this movie's bad. You don't need Hot me take. to tell you this movie's bad. This is a Fast and Furious movie, right? Oh, for like, sure. No, how could it not be, Zachary? Hold on, did you hear the part where they're on? <laughs> did you hear all the parts where it's just the same movie? Here's my question. How do we fit this into canon? Into it's, this a, universe? it's a less principled, and less well-thought-out Fast and Furious movie. I can't believe I'm saying it. My thinking is this, right? Like, the, Sam L. Jackson works for the NSA, comes up with the idea of Triple X, recruit pro athletes. It goes about as well as you'd expect. Sure. And then Kurt Russell, who runs uh, a secret agency that has a representative in the U.S. agency. No, hold on. The OGA. Can I say something? You've, you've jumped the gun way too. Okay. The number one question you need to ask in order to understand how this could possibly fit within the canon of the universe. By the way, I don't think it does. I think it is literally a splinter universe, right? Like that this oh, you is think it's like an alternate timeline. I think it is it, it's either an alternate timeline or Dominic Toretto got hit on the head during one of the movies and is dreaming this exp- this series while unconscious in between scenes of one of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, you think like when he Samson's himself and uh like right, this is comes back to this life. is what he experiences. He experiences a whole other life as Xander K. As Xander K. Either that or it's a splinter universe. I don't, because the problem is that Dominic Toretto and Xander Cage are different enough that you can't just say that they're the same character, right? Because importantly, in this movie, Vin Diesel never drives a car. (laughs) Okay, because I was going to say something else, right? Sure. Jack Toretto. Okay. Down on his luck. Mm. Struggling. He has a kid. But what's you this? think this is a prequel? No, 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 no. Listen, he has identical twins. Oh, and he sells one of them, and they get separated at birth by an evil witch <laughs> in a robot. <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm saying like dark know, because, bunny <laughs> because he's got so like this is the secret evil twin of Dominic Toretto. I mean, are you sh- like they're both pretty morally bankrupt? <laughs>
Okay, well, the, a twin. I, this one, I will admit, is definitely worse, but the margin is not significant. So, uh, but, uh, but I'm just going to say, I because th- here's the thing, right? Like, Splinter Universe is one theory. I think Secret Twins might be another theory. Sure. Um, but, like, no, but let me ask you something, right? Like, yeah, yeah. In in a universe where this is just the twin, uh, where Xander Cage is Dominic Toretto's twin, how does the agency not involved when satellites start crashing out of the sky? So, and... so this is so this is my theory. It's right? an Avengers level threat, right? Like this right. is the problem that the MCU has that and that uh, like Spy Racers raises for me in the universe all the time, right? Like, are you telling me that like? Because they've got Tony Toretto on it, they don't feel the need to. Well, call. no, I think that like they're happening simultaneously. Like when Cipher is turning Vin Diesel evil in uh-huh. one place, in the other place, Xander Cage is dealing with this, right? Like sure. they don't have time to deal with the satellites crashing down because they're dealing with the zombie cars. Uh, they have a lot of barbecues in those movies, though. Like you're telling me, that's after literally... this has already been resolved. Oh, okay. So it literally has to it, happen it has exactly to happen the same time. Like, Okay. I think Xander Cage is the twin separated at birth by like, you know, of of Dominic Toretto. The other theory that I had is that he is a clone specific, like of Dominic Toretto. Oh, that's interesting. But I don't know how that would work out timeline-wise because we haven't seen the previous movies. Right. But like there there's they they do have to fit in together, right? Well, a clone here's the thing. It can, they can't be wholly... Even Splinter Universe would require... They're, like, very close to each other. Like, if you're gonna number these universes, we're talking about, like, F-prime and uh, F-double-prime here, right? They're not far off, right? right? So, uh, and there is, like, a conceivable, you know, like, in uh, Fast 10 Part 7, uh, a portal opens up and the uh, Pontiac whatever drives through, right? Like, right. and Sandra Cage gets out of it right like um the 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 thing the thing is a clone is interesting i'm actually i'm very intrigued by the idea of xander cage being a clone i mean we're we're agreed that dominic toretto is the prime dominic uh, toretto is the prime because triple x was created right like you know to be an offshoot of but but even so like uh xander cage's character is uh is such that like he's clearly missing parts of himself right that he's trying to fill with uh the sort of the things that he does okay joey i think now is the time there's something i've been waiting to present to you okay okay Joey? Yep. Because we're talking about Vin Diesel and his place in the universe and the branching timelines and the different identities. I mean, we haven't even discussed the possibility that Dom Toretto and Triple I- and Xander Cage are the same person. Right? Well, Just- I, I ruled that out because, like, how, how could that be? It's unlikely. Right. But I want to throw a wrench into these, uh, you know, engine bits here under uh-huh. the hood, if you will. Okay. Joey... You may have noticed in the opening credits of this film that it said One Race Productions. Oh, no. Now, here's what's funny. In our very first episode, we said, um, you know, the only race Vin Diesel cares about is the race that he wins, so he can't be racist. And I think that is why the studio is named that. Yes, I was pretty sure. It is Vin Diesel's production company, One Race Productions, which makes the Fast and Furious movies and the Triple X movies 
And it makes like Riddick and uh, Bloodshot. Oh yeah, whatever. we haven't we haven't talked about this. <laughs> Here's the thing: we can dis- I discount uh, Riddick and Bloodshot because they are based on previous works. Sure, right? They are adaptations of things. The same way that I don't think Groot fits into this. Sure, thing, sure, right? Like or the Iron Giant. They are different things. Right. But in terms of Vin Diesel originals, there are really only two. Right. right? There's Fast and Furious and Triple X. There's nothing else. Right. Or so we thought. Oh, no. Oh, is that, oh, you can't do this to me. What? What could that mean? There is another. <laughs> because One Race Productions also owns uh, Tygun Studios, which is a video game developer, which uh, really just develops the video games for Fast and Furious and Riddick. Sure. Oh, but what's this? It's Wheelman! <laughs> It's... Wheel man, Joey. Wait, Wheel man. Wait, Wheel man. What? Wheel man. <laughs> Wheel man. <laughs> Wheel man. You can say it as many times as you want. It's not going to make sense. Oh, uh, here. I'll, sorry. Uh, my bad. Allow me to text you this low. Just res. put it in the zoom. Put it in the zoom chat, okay? If you will open this image, you will notice that it says Wheel Man. <laughs> I'm shocked. Does it say Wheel Man? Wow. This is hey Zachary. This y'all got any more fucking pixels here? <laughs> this is the I most. Don't know. This is- this is just this is the Wikipedia JPEG. This is that the most on. low res. <laughs> this 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 JPEG is made of three pixels. Hey, dude, I cannot find this video game was made in two thousand nine. I cannot find a higher quality. Image. Vin Diesel Wheelman. I can clearly see the name Ubisoft at the bottom. Hell yeah, dude. Anyway, so this is a video game where Vin Diesel plays an undercover CIA agent who also drives cars really fast. Fuck. <laughs> and Vin Diesel wanted this to take off as a whole franchise in 2009. Oh, he was planning a third one of these? Yeah, but it, it flopped. It, it flopped on the market. This did not take off. Wheelman had a planned film adaptation. It did not go anywhere. Oh, no. It only had the one video game. Um, but here's my question. Wheelman is also in this franchise, right? <laughs> like, there's no way... Because here's my thing, right? Wheelman is just... Zan- it, maybe Wheelman isn't Dominic Toretto, but Wheelman is Xander Cage. Sure. Like, 100%, like, they say, like, Xander Cage has been up to some tomfoolery traveling around the world during the time sure, when he faked yeah. his death. He was Wheelman, right? Like, that's where Wheelman... Because Vin Diesel did all the voice acting and mocap for the Vin Diesel character in Wheelman. Who isn't named <sighs> Wheelman, but I'm calling him Wheelman. His name is Milo Burek, an undercover agent for the CIA. Hey, Joey, his name is Wheelman, because it says in big letters on the front of the video game, Wheelman. It is amazing. Wow. Hey, Joey, Wheelman. Can we play this game? Is this, is it possible? Hey, Joey, I think the better question is, can we not play this game? <laughs> well, the answer is no. We must play this I game. How are we, how it are is we rare that I find a, a new edition in the universe, but like, hey, Wheelman. Oh, man, the film was canceled in 2009. 
Oh, well. It's a shame, because yeah, we could have gotten Vin Diesel as a live-action wheel man. Wheel man. <laughs> I have had three cups of Red Bull Freak oh, Show, and I am is, losing my shit. This episode like, is unlistenable. I am drinking Dan Aykroyd's vodka straight from the skull. Disgusting. You're drinking it straight out of Dan Aykroyd's Wait, I skull. I haven't had it straight from the skull. Let me try this. Huh? Oh, no. Why, no, why would you do that? <laughs> why did i do that why did you do that are you okay dude this vodka is so bad like even by vodka standards i just want to say that his crystal head vodka is like it tastes like motor oil smell thanks mr Aykroyd. it's so bad but you know that dan Aykroyd believes in by the way did you enjoy Wait, joey the- joey joey you know Dan Aykroyd believes in the Ocelot King. That's a hundred percent of course. Dan Aykroyd believes in. <laughs> oh, this vodka's killing me. Dude. Stop drinking it. Okay, no, I, I actually will stop drinking now because I am decently inebriated. We have to get point. through the rest of this podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm good. I I actually had the foresight to have a bottle of water on hand. Right, just so why don't you start on that? Yeah, all right, go ahead. Sponsor, I hardly know her. Oh, shit. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting back on track. Sponsor, I hardly know her. Where, <laughs> oh, fuck. Where's my soundboard? <laughs> this is a game show, uh, a quiz that I, I give for Zachary called uh, Sponsor, I Hardly Know Her. And in this, uh, this show, I've gone through and through some... Uh, I will say serious, uh, internet archaeology, um, I have unearthed who the official corporate sponsors were for, uh, the film, uh, Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage, uh, and I, uh, did a little bit of, as much research as I could, given the, the fact that most of this has been lost to time, um, you know, the (laughs) ravages of, of internet time since 2017. Hey, Joey, Um, can I just say... I fucking love you, man. I'm at the point of inebriation where I'm, I just, uh, anyone who's been with me while I'm drunk knows that I just start espousing my appreciation for people. And I just want to say, Joey, I really appreciate you. Zachary, I, I love you and appreciate you too. I'm not sure this podcast is going to be, this episode is going to be usable. <laughs> No, 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 I'm just saying, I just appreciate the effort that you've put into this bit. Uh, thank you. And I wish I were there to give you a big ol' hug. I appreciate it, Zachary. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Uh, this so had, vodka is great. I've actually. had to. Ch- I'm just gonna start talking over you. I've had to change up the format of this game a little bit uh, because of some of the the details of. Uh, I mean, I thought it would work a little better, but I also realized that there's going to be a lot of very similar sponsors in some of these, so I won't always be. I'll run out of companies for multiple choice options. Wait, how many sponsors did Triple X have? Oh, Zachary, uh, that's Triple uh, X had in total, I believe, six corporate sponsors. Please tell me one of them was the like some sort of motorcycle, um, like no helmet wearing. Uh, we will. Group. Well, you're gonna but, get. You're gonna guess these all, Zachary. Because that was that would be very fun. Nobody wears a helmet in in these movies. Triple X had uh, six official sponsors. Okay, are there six questions in the game? Or um, there are five fun? questions. Okay. And I will explain why as we go through. Uh, okay. okay. The first question, uh, basically I'm going to give you some information about the company and I may send you some image assets to uh, take a look at. And then you're going to try and guess. Uh, so, uh, well, we'll, we'll just, you'll see as we go. The questions might change format right. a little bit. 
Okay. Uh, so question one, uh, this company, uh, who is the first uh, corporate sponsor for uh, the return of Xander Cage, uh, is called Spider, S-P-Y-D-E-R. And their logo looks like... And so f- Wait, where this is different from what I knew about this game. I thought you were going to give me multiple choice. No, 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 there will not be multiple choice uh, in this version of this game. Oh, uh, fuck. I'm see- fucked. I yeah. am... Dude... My vision is swimming. Jesus. This vodka is something else. To be fair, I did have three cups of the Red Bull. Uh, okay, pre-show. so uh, listeners, Zachary's gonna die any second, but we're gonna keep going until we get uh, until we get there. Okay, I'm seeing the Spider-Man ass shit. So yeah. you see this logo, right? Oh uh, fuck. Okay, this company. <laughs> you good? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah, this company is a, uh, a corporate sponsor of the film Triple X The Return of Xander Cage, and okay. they make, I will say, a product that someone like Xander Cage uh, would enjoy and get a lot of use out of. Oh, uh, and I'd like, based on just that information and the spelling okay, well, and my, logo... My... Okay, my first guess is it's gotta be condoms, right? Like, it, it's <laughs> gotta be fucking condoms. But, like, it can't be that obvious. So I'm gonna guess it's athletic wear. You are correct! Wow! Got it in one! Oh, man. Yeah, they make, uh, specifically, they make, like, winter athletic wear. Like, okay. ski wear and, and, right. and winter sports. Yeah. Um, and what did they do to tie into the film? Uh, nothing, as far as I can tell. Maybe it's lost <laughs> to time. Um, but it does look like they just kind of slapped their logo on the partner's page, and that was that. Okay. All uh, right. I appreciate the level of research that you've done for the fuck this was the bad idea why did i get this vodka oh my god zachary yeah go on next okay. question uh, i am doing great by yeah. the way all right uh next question and these are going to be sort of escalating kind of like i did last week escalating level of interest i would say okay um because sure. the next question uh this brand of sour candies for some reason oh uh, shit was an official partner uh oh. Don't seem to have done anything to tie in. Okay, 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 okay. Listen, 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 listen. Sure. Okay. There is a flavor of Airheads. Or okay. not a flavor, a genre of Airheads called Airheads Extreme. Letter X hyphen stream. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Is that your guess? If it's not that, it's not. <laughs> then fucking shoot me, because like, what are you doing, marketing department? I could do this shit for free. Yeah, I and I honestly like, guys. I looked. I I don't know why they're a corporate sponsor. They don't seem to have done anything to tie in. Their logo is just on the page. Okay, uh, go on. And the brand is Sour Punch. No fucking way. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Sour Punch? Sour Punch is an official partner of the Return of Xander Cage. Not even like Jolly Ranchers? I know. It's shit? it's honestly like this one had me Sour scratching. Sour Punch? This one really had me scratching my head, Zachary. Why is this not multiple choice? You are stacking the deck against me. Well, I am being persecuted. No, hold on, you got Spider in one go, so I'm not going to listen to enough, that. Fair enough, fair enough. Alright, uh... And I think next. you're going to get some of these next ones, okay? Okay, g- give me the next ones. Alright. Uh, question three. 
Yeah. This dual chain of fast food eateries is perhaps best known for using raunchy TV ads with supermodels in them to sell their burgers. Oh, oh it's it's Hardee's or, or Carl's Jr. It's both, and uh, that's why there's only five questions on the six questions. Hold on, hold on, Joey, Joey, Joey. You spoiled it by saying dual chain because there's only one Sorry. chain that I know has two brands. No, and no it's checkers Carl's and rallies Jr. are the same. I didn't fucking know that. I just knew uh, Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. Okay, checkers and rallies are also the same. (laughs) And and I assume you're talking about the ad with um, Kate Upton uh, stripping while eating the burger. Kate Upton was the best known one, but there have actually been multiple. Hey, can uh, can I just say? All right, fun fact, all right? Kushner Middle School had this whole Jesus bit Christ. about like no 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 listen this is okay. really important. Kushner Middle School had this whole bit. This of, all like, has to get cut. You're gonna dox us. <laughs> no, no 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 listen. No, if you Google my name, you'll find bits from Kushner. <laughs> okay, it's, it's fine. Listen, so Kushner Middle School had this bit where they were like, "Hey kids, don't watch porn and don't masturbate because sin and and shit, right?" And they were like, "Look at the way that like sex is cheapened and commodified by advertising." Here's an ad. By wait, they Carl's showed Jr. you. Wait, they showed you the Carl's Jr. ad in in Kushner. Yes. Holy shit! And they were like, "Look, kids," and everybody was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever." No, no, no! Listen, they were like, "Listen, young, nice Jewish boys, don't masturbate to Kate Upton." Don't masturbate. Watch, watch Kate Upton uh, eat a ham, sloppily eat a hamburger. hamburger. Yeah. Don't (laughs) masturbate to it. Whatever you do. I so guess I that, just that was really successful. Yeah. Hey, I've seen that ad quite a few times in my <laughs> <first three years. laughs> I was introduced to it by Joseph <laughs> Kushner at Hebrew Academy. <laughs> okay. uh, this is the kind of content we get when Zachary's shit-faced. All right. Um, I, I am comfortable sharing that on the podcast. Oh my god! This is the best episode. That's yet. insane! I can't believe that's the raunchy. Uh, that's that that ad was like not shown on TV. No, no, no. Wait, after. wait, Joey. To be to be fair, okay, this was this is actually even funny. So you know, Dare. Sure. Yeah. Like the don't do drugs, and you know how they've done studies and bringing Dare causes an uptick in drug usage right. because it introduces kids to drugs because they're so, like hey that sounds fun yeah so dare had a program where they were they i guess they this statistic had been known and they were trying to make it make people aware of the way that advertisers appeal to you right uh-huh. so they were like here we're going to show you some super bowl ads and you're going to tell us how they appeal to you Right, like what? How the advertisers are trying to manipulate you, whether it's through humor or mm. through celebrity endorsements or through sexuality. So it was actually a dare program in Mississippi. <laughs> they were like, "This is an ad that's trying to appeal to your sexuality." It was a dare program, and I assume the yeshiva allowed this because they were like, "Don't masturbate to this." <laughs> And they just showed the whole Hardee's Jr. ad with Kate Upton stripping while eating the hamburger. And they were like, yo, don't. (laughs) You see this? Don't. (laughs) This is 100% real. I'm not making this up. Oh, my God. Uh, I never did drugs in in middle school. I I just really wasn't interested. But, like, I did learn about drugs from D.A.R.E. Sure, yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Oh, jeez. But I also learned about Kate Upton through Dan. Yeah, great. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Moving on. Okay, so so far we've got uh, Spider, Carl's Jr., and Hardee's. Uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> now, and, kids, don't and Sour Punch. Okay. Uh, okay, so question four, I want to say. Uh, yeah. Alright, this specialty chain retailer of branded fashion footwear and accessories has approximately 1,200 stores nationwide, mostly in malls, and is focused on quickly shifting fashion footwear trends. The brand has been described as the anti-footlocker. Okay. What is this store? Okay, because here's the thing. I was, I was thinking of a few brands when you were talking. Sure. But then you said at the end of it, anti-footlocker. It's the anti... It's been described as the anti-footlocker. Okay. Um, and that is taken directly from the Wikipedia page for this uh, Footlocker isn't a footwear brand. It's a retailer outlet for footwear brands. Yes. So is this... So, Joey, just tell me, is this a retailer outlet or is it actually a footwear brand? It's a retailer outlet. Fuck. Okay, because I don't know retailer. It says chain retail. Uh, hey, Zachary, you've walked past the store in a mall before. I'll give you that. Hint. I know I have, but I haven't paid attention to it. Okay. Um. Fuck. It's not. I, hey, it's not Foot Locker. That's the only thing I can tell I you. No, it's not Foot Locker. <laughs> I know it's fucking not Foot Locker. <laughs> you want me to oh, tell okay, you? Okay, hold on. Payless Shoe Source. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the anti foot. No. Oh, uh, who is it? It's Journeys. I, I don't fucking... There's no way I would have gotten that. <laughs> okay. I, I walked past the Journeys. Okay, here's the thing. Yeah. Can I get an amen? When I go to a mall, I walk to the Hot Topic, the FYE, the Box Lunch, and occasionally a Spencer's uh, Gift. I don't think FYE I'm feeling exists a little bit anymore. spicy, right? Like, <laughs> you know, there, there's no fucking way I'm, I'm paying any attention to a fucking Journeys. Right, okay. Menu. Also, the food court in the Barnes & Noble, obviously. I'm not a monster. All right. Uh, we're really giving away way too much information on this. Okay. Next but guys, should, like, listen, listen to this picture that we're painting so far, right? So we've got Spider, Sour Punch, Hardee's and Carl's Jr., and Journeys. These okay, are the here, corporate sponsors. So listen, here's, here's, my, here's my take so far, right? Yeah. All of this is just like... Whatever, normal co-branding. With Hardee's and Carl's Jr., did they do a Xander burger? Like, no, I wish. You know, I, I actually looked, sadly, all that they did... Here, where is it? Here's, uh, to, here's to badass heroes. Get your, oh, no. Get your limited edition Triple X Return of Xander Cage 40-ounce drink cup with a large drink purchase while supplies last at participating Hardee's or Carl's Jr.'s locations. Okay. That's it. That's the whole okay, time. There, there's one more, right? Yes, there is one more. And this, I'd like to welcome back to the podcast the first returning sponsor. Ooh, uh, is it Brisk? It is not Brisk. I know that would have made you very excited. Uh, but this is this is fascinating. Uh, and this is going to have something for me to, uh, to read when you guess it. But... Um, this is our first returning sponsor. So at this point, you know that they were one of the okay, sponsors of Hobbs and, and Shaw, Shaw, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this company um, is, let's just say, in the uh, 
automotive space. I oh, really... it's the it's the Airbnb but for cars. Yes, uh, it's Turo, but unlike for Hobbs and Shaw, where they just kind of put together these questions, right? The the BuzzFeed quiz: Are you the... a Hobbs or a Shaw? Right. Uh, they have a special landing. I mean, this doesn't exist anymore, but they at the time they had a special landing page, uh, which features. A bunch of uh, so it is a special landing page for the Pontiac GTO 1967. No host- way. Hosted by Xander Cage, so it's a username Xander Cage. No. Uh, and it is a no listing way. you can rent as a gig economy. Uh, you can rent Xander Cage's Pontiac 1960 Pontiac GTO 1967. And Unreal. Here- and here's the description. On this page, all right. Oh fuck! Are you ready? Uh, I'm start- a, I've never been more ready for it anything. It starts life. with the headline: "Watch Triple X Return of Xander Cage in theaters January 20th." Okay, that's just the header. Then the oh, event- I also forgot. This is a January movie. I was just yes. explaining to my boys last night. January is the one month where you know if somebody's releasing a movie in January, you know the studio has no hey, confidence. Hey Zachary, welcome to the Xander Zone. Oh what? Uh oh. <laughs> Welcome to the Xander Zone. Imagine yourself in the driver's seat of the most extreme wheels on Turo. This GTO is tricked out enough for any crazy trick you could imagine. And believe us, Uh -uh. our boy Xander Cage from Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Our boy Xander Cage from Triple X Return of Xander Cage in theaters January 20th has driven a hell of a lot of cars in his day. Pretty much anything fast enough that you can do something stupid in. Except Corvettes. They're not really his thing. What? Alright. Huh? (laughs) Paragraph 1. Tread lightly. This car ain't for the faint of heart. The only people we trust with it are the good, the extreme, and the completely insane. Think you qualify? Alright, Slick, read on and see if you've got what it takes. <laughs> this Pontiac beauty has gone through a lot. She's fully loaded with everything an extreme athlete turned government operative could ever need. And more Daddy? than you could and more than you could possibly need for your next Turo adventure, including an ejectable roof in case you need to get out of a tight situation. Sorry, her top's already been blown off. Think of it what? as free air conditioning. What? A flamethrower in the hood scoop for when bridges need to be burned. Just so I'm 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 clear, <laughs> this was less of a quiz show and more of a you really wanted to read me. <laughs> Shut up, I need to fill an arsenal of weapons behind the back seat, should your trick require a rocket launcher. Rocket launching headlights in case you need more rockets. Yes, that is spelled M O A R. And wait, fi- but they're not renting a Pontiac <laughs> that has rockets. Finally, the baddest paint job around. Is it blue? Is it black? Is it purple? Yes, so much. Yes. What? She may have a few decades under her belt, but she's only gotten better with age. Rent it. That's kick- what. That's what Vin Diesel <laughs> says when he's about to to bang Shaw's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Rent it. Kick some ass. Get the girl or dude, and look dope AF while you're doing it. Must be thirty plus to book. Automatic transmission. <laughs> oh, that's not. Uh, you can't have automatic transmission. <laughs> Not in, not in the, the Xander just, Cage Dominic yeah, Toretto. Walk, welcome to the Xander Zone. 
Wait, hold on. Welcome to the Xander <laughs> Zone. To the... This is so fu- uh, It's so crazy? powerful. That means... <laughs> Welcome to the Xander fucking... Exactly, that's the title right there, isn't it? No, there's no... <laughs> Welcome to the Xander Zone, baby. No. I... There's... No. I'm, I'm sending you the link so you can see that I didn't make there's any no of that up. fucking way. <laughs> No fucking way. This oh, it's fucking... And yes, Zachary, yes. Excellent question. Are they renting you a car that has rocket, rocket launch and a flamethrower in it? Because that is the implication here. Is the insurance, which is provided by Liberty Mutual, going to cover any damage caused by oh, of the... Of course it's Liberty Mutual, because <laughs> they have to piss me off specifically. <laughs> You know I have a personal vendetta against Liberty But are they covering damage incurred by the supposed arsenal of weapons that it comes with? Like, what the hell? Fucking, I... Ooh. (laughs) Welcome to the Xander Zone. (laughs) Welcome to the Xander Zone. Fuck you. (laughs) There's no fucking way. I can't believe it. Once again, Turo really putting in the work to sponsor these terrible movies. (laughs) I have to say. Oh, wow. Sorry, her top's already been blown off. Uh, Joey, one one thing that I do want to discuss before we move on and kind of begin to to wrap this up is... Before we leave the Xander Zone. It struck me that when, in the moment where Tony Collette pulls the gun on Dominic Toretto, even though it's at the behest of President Donald J. Trump. And by, uh, and by Dominic Toretto, you mean Zender Cage. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Look, man, I've had so much Red Bull freak show. I don't... How are exactly... You're go Okay. I have work in the morning. This was a bad idea. I don't understand. Okay, you have to drink, like, a gallon of water and then go to sleep with a heart monitor to make sure you don't die. Anyway, I had, a, I had a full thing of Red Bull and a bunch of Crystal Head vodka. Anyway, so um, it struck me that this one is very much anti like espionage agency. Like the bad guy, the bad guys are the CIA and the NSA and the OGA or whatever the fuck. Sure. Right. Um, and, and the president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. But then at the end, hey, be, by the way, based. I was say one right? based part of this. But, but then at the end, Samuel Jackson, who is an NSA agent, shows up and he's like, I faked my death. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've got, uh, you, you know, I, I've recruited these athletes. You guys he faked should- his death for no reason. For no reason. But he's like, and, and you guys. It's should- like when Miss Nowhere is like, finally, I've been framed for a crime I didn't commit so I can go rogue. Just right? what I've always wanted. Yeah, Samuel Jackson is like, I, everybody thinks I'm dead, just like I always wanted. Hell yeah. Um. So, you know, so he he's like, uh, you well, Triple X will still live on, and you guys will still like save the world with, or whatever. N- with no oversight. <laughs> so the idea is like, oh, the only ones who can be trusted are Triple X athletes and stunt drivers, I guess. Right. The only people who can be trusted to make the right decision or the hard decisions that the world needs in order to stay safe are former professional athletes and stunts people turned spies. They're the ones who can make the hard decisions. So this is my question. Before we kind of wrap up our discussion of this film, is this in keeping with the Fast and Furious philosophy, or is this an alternate 
understanding well, of it. Well, here's the thing. Because, yeah, I, I just want to say before before you say because because I I felt torn about it in my watch, and I wondered just how you kind of read it. Was it was it still like one agency with no oversight, or was it against agencies as a concept? Here's the thing: I, I don't actually think I think I, I've, I've said this before. I don't actually think. The Fast and Furious movies present the agency as a good, like, the, the fact that the agency exists and has, like, uh, complete dictatorial control over the whole world, right? Like, I don't think it presents that as a good thing. It's just, as I've said, it's an, it's an irrelevant thing, right? Like, it it's just the reality that we live it's in. It's the reality that is, that the movies take place in. It is, a uh, uh, kind of a, a clumsy, ham-fisted metaphor for the reality that uh, they they want us to understand that we live in. That those movies want us to understand, like we live in this world, is what they're saying. Even though whatever, right? But like it is a uh, uh, and the what is important in a world like that is uh family and family exactly right like it's a it's about as i've said right like the core one of the core theses of those movies is that uh it doesn't matter the rest of the world doesn't matter as long as you protect your own right and like you know look after look after your own it's one of the things that i find most offensive about those movies right because we talked about it, it, it's about like you know looking after yourself and your family but everyone you you have no response it's an abdication of you don't actually have any responsibility right you can work for don't this vote corrupt hey hey don't vote <laughs> <laughs> sure, you whatever, right? Well, like, right. He, they do work for an agency that is not presented as, uh, like a holy, good, benevolent agency, right? But they do work for them so that they can, you know, uh, protect each other and themselves, right? Like, and that's the the core idea. And I think the reason, uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, my hypothesis about why. As uh, some of these movies focus so heavily on targeting uh, Vin Diesel and his family so specifically uh, is because otherwise there wouldn't be an impetus, right? Like, I, I feel like if the the Fast and Furious family found out that uh, the, wor- the, the, the world was, I don't know, like, if they found out that a supervillain had a plot to destroy uh, Russia, they'd be like, Cool. I, I don't care how many people get killed over there. It's not going to impact us, right? Yeah, like we, we blew up Chernobyl the other day, right? Exactly, right? Like like they would be if it doesn't directly impact them. There's no impetus for the them to do anything because those movies are about like sometimes you have to saving the world is an accident. It is like it is as a byproduct in those movies, right? It's mostly about saving each other and themselves, and then sometimes they save the world incidentally right and and working for the agency is also incidental in those movies so i don't think that um this uh this movie is uh necessarily at odds with that idea in fact by the end of this movie right uh like like xander cage 
before at the start of this movie does not have a family in the fast and furious sense and by the end he does because now he has this group of cutthroats villains and scoundrels and wanted criminals and terrorists uh who he now uh are his uh are his comrades right and they're like the the people who they've got his back and he's got their backs right so uh it actually uh ends up in like by the end of this movie uh in a very similar place uh it's just kind of it's almost like an origin story if you will for dominic toretto right like at the end Whoa. of it <laughs> Blew my mind, bro. <laughs> right? Because like he goes from like a lone wolf at the right, beginning at the of end this movie. of it, he ends up with this family of outlaws and outcasts and a muscle car, and he's somewhat tangentially related to a, a disavowed shadow organization. Exactly. Right? Like it's Dude. almost. I mean, it's not. It's not the same, clearly. But it actually, the end of this movie brings Xander Cage into essentially the role of Dominic Toretto. It brings him to the same place, so that when the un- the timelines collide, they can fight. Yeah. Or if it's not separate timelines, but they are just twins separated at birth, they can fight. Right, but now they they let e- them fight. They've each got a classic muscle car and a crew of criminals and uh, connections to a uh, shadowy. But this is what I'm saying is that like the themes can be understood as connected or somewhat like opposed to one another. Because I could see, let's say that there was a crossover film. Mm. I could see it either going that Xander Cage and Dominic Toretto like do like the predator handshake and they're uh-huh. like hell yeah right like hell yeah both, brother yeah we're both like kind of small time has Hulk Hogan been in these dudes. movies yet I know but uh, yeah they're like <laughs> hell yeah let's just drive our cars really fast and take odd jobs from spy agencies or I could see. Dominic Toretto being like, I'm going to do what the agency tells me to do. And Xander Cage being like, you can't trust the agency. And then them fighting, right? Like, you know, Xander Cage v. Vin Diesel, Dawn of Driving. Right, but like, like, hold on, but Xander Cage starts out this movie with like, I'm going to do what the agency tells me to do, right? And then at the end is like, I guess I couldn't trust it. I never saw that coming. I guess I couldn't trust the agency, right? And like, in, uh, that's like the same, uh, thing that happens in Fast 10, right? Like, it starts out with like... Yeah, but he's still loyal to Kurt Russell. Is he... Kurt Russell's just not there. Is he... So I guess, and here's the thing, we've actually yet to see any movie in which Vin Diesel and Kurt Russell interact in any Right, Kurt way. Russell has exclusively showed up in flashbacks. Right, so we don't actually know, but it's not clear to me if Vin Diesel has any loyalty to Kurt Russell or if he just knows that Kurt Russell, that he and Kurt Russell have an understanding of each other, right? That Kurt Russell knows that, like, unless he wants to send a group of incompetent children to save the world, his only uh, course of action is to outsource it to Dominic Toretto, and Dominic Toretto knows that he'll get paid nicely and left alone and not thrown in jail if he takes jobs from uh, Kurt Russell. That's, I mean, that's my assumption, is that they just have sort of a a mutual understanding. Not that there's any real sense of loyalty there. I didn't get the sense that 
uh, Dominic Toretto is like a proud card carrying agency member. No, you're right. It, it's very much like the oh, we don't work for you, but I have a job that'll appeal to you, and then they're in, right? Right. Like, and as we learned in Spy Racers, it's because the agency's best agents are this pathetic group of incompetent children. <laughs> Right. So it turns out that if they want to get anything done, Kurt Russell has to call Dominic Toretto. Yeah, I think this will be further illuminated as we move backwards through the franchise. Right, as again, we... we haven't seen Kurt Russell and uh, Dominic Toretto I just thought it was interesting. We have not seen the U.S. government turn on Dominic Toretto in the same way that they turned on Xander Cage. I mean, we've seen them turn on Tony Toretto, sure. but that was more for the bit, right? Like, sure, <laughs> <laughs> that was just palindrome like I, I i don't know i like i think that ultimately by the end of it it ends up being the same thing where it's like governments themselves can't be trusted to manage people only shadow organizations can manage people and governments right. and i think by the end of it, it ends up being the same thesis but i think it was interesting that it kind of took a different route to get there but i think by the end of this movie it ends up in the same place sure. as the funeral but again i i think uh, yeah and again i like i think it's not saying anything one way or another about like uh like the geopolitical state of the world in either of these it's purely about like well actually it is it is saying a bit about the world because in the movie they say there's thirty thousand satellites orbiting the earth and they show it in like this really like at the beginning they show so many satellites around the earth Here's the thing, in the opening of the book, it mentions, like, real statistics about the fact, I think there's, like, 2,000 satellites orbiting around the Earth. But in the movie, they say 30,000. But, I mean, and I I don't actually know the numbers. There are, it is a big problem how many uh, uh, satellites, there may be a smaller number of active satellites, uh... Space junk in low Earth orbit is a uh, a significant problem uh, that uh, is actually worth uh, considering. Um, but I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it, it goes down to this movie's or the franchise's right. Philosophy well, but the facts are not important. Bad. Sure. Yes. No. That's it. True. Doesn't matter the exact number. They changed the right. number from the script to the right. final version. But like the thing is that like I think Xander Cage does the same kind of things that the Fast and Furious movies do, which is it wants to say things like technology bad. Uh, government bad right like all all this stuff bad but ultimately all that but you're not responsible for any like all that shit is bad but you can't do anything about that the only thing you can do is shoot anybody who tries to get near your family right there's a scene where he boards the agency plane for the first time and he says do you really need all these gadgets to take out the bad guys and tony collette says no but it makes it a lot more fun and i was like damn if that doesn't kind of <laughs> highlight the the whole thesis of the franchise done yeah for sure man but you know the thing about this franchise is though is that like it's just so wishy-washy politically like it doesn't want to commit to anything but it feels like it wants to feel like Mm. it's saying something without actually saying something sure what i mean like it's just so non-committal that it can be um hard to say well, oh it's God. hard to see what it I is I've seen out with you. <laughs> Wonder if anyone else seen it too. Their words I'll say, their scores you'll choose. It's what we do on In Review. Please tell me you've written down these lyrics somewhere. I have, but I'm also drunk, so I and I was just kind of going based on memory on that sure. part. But anyway, it's In Review. It's In Reviews. <laughs> Woo! Our longest uh, running segment. 
hell yeah it's in reviews now with its own recurring theme song um we're gonna uh, uh as per usual the rules of this game are i will read joey a review of this movie taken from letterboxd i will give him the text of the review but not the score the score is done on a five star point scale but half stars are allowed if joey gets it within a half star range of the actual rating i will give him the point i don't keep track of the score because i don't care feel free to play along at home <laughs> And we will uh, let's just let's just dive into it because I I saved a bunch here. We're not going to get to all of them, but let's and just we're running out of we're running a little, quite a bit long. So Yo, this uh, episode is so fucking long. We had so much to talk about with Triple X. All right, this I know, one, you're the one who's going to have to edit it. I know I'm going to fucking kill myself. <laughs> all, all right, right, cut that out. Cut that. Out. <laughs> this review comes to us by Doreen Manning, uh, and she says this movie's dumb and full of cum. Ooh, ooh, ooh! Gross. <laughs> what score does Doreen? What's wrong with you, Doreen? <laughs> no, Doreen. Let Doreen cook. She's on to something. I, uh, I hope that's a, like a one star review. Is that your final answer? Yeah, five stars. Fuck. What? I will say. Thank God, there's not actually any cum in this movie. <laughs> Okay, this next one is by Karen H. And she says this movie opens with Vin Diesel skiing down a mountain and high-fiving everyone he passes, <laughs> including hordes of little kids who follow him, yelling his name like he's freaking Gandalf, and it only gets more bonkers from there. Um, what score does Karen give this movie, Joey? Four and a half. It's five stars. Again, oh, nice. I, will, I will give you that one. Cool. Okay, this... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this next review is by Garrett Smith. And Garrett says, This movie is my new favorite flavor of Red Bull. This film was best summed <laughs> up by the man who sat directly next to me despite my entire row being open. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that bit. That's but very the good. end of the movie exclaimed, and I truly believe he intended this comment to like any value judgment whatsoever. That was genuinely surprising. <laughs> It's very good. What score did Garrett give this? Oh, I'd be more interested in what score the guy. The gave other him. guy, yeah. Oh damn. Um, what score did Garrett give this? Movie? Oh, that's hard. Um, uh, four stars. It is two stars. Two stars. Okay, I I wasn't sure. Okay, this next one uh, is by Jordan Beaumont Anderson, and Jordan says. The film version of when you look at a menu and see some extra cheesy nacho pizza taco thing, and you're like, I shouldn't eat that. I'll get diarrhea. And you order it, and it gives you diarrhea. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, one star? Two and a half. Oh, man. Uh, next one, uh, by Christian. I paid to see Vin Diesel riding a motorcycle on the water, and I got exactly what <laughs> I mean, I assume that's five stars. That is three stars. What? You can't do that. Oh, sucks. I'm getting worse at this bit. Okay, next review. Vin Diesel has saved cinema. That is by user Callum. Jeez. Um. Oh, shit. Uh, is that one five stars? That one is four. Uh, all right. 
Okay, and the final review. These people for this... keep saying like this is the most amazing movie, and then being like four stars. <laughs> or well, that stars. is why this game is fun, is because like I said, but, like that's abs- those people are uh, ridiculous. Okay, the last review for this round of in reviews, Patrick William uh, Willems. I think we might have had Patrick Willems on the show before. I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I could not find a review by Shukun for Triple uh, uh, X Return of Xander Cage, and I wanted to kill myself. I was like, <laughs> I, what, what is in reviews without Shukun? Uh, but anyway. Uh, but uh, Patrick- hey, Zachary, that's the second time you said you wanted to kill yourself on this episode of the podcast. Do you want to maybe. Um, no, 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 that's t- my t- catchphrase. It's fine. <laughs> Shit. Oh, we're never releasing this episode. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. Uh, okay. Patrick Willem says. It was really nice of everyone involved to let a 13-year-old write the screenplay. <laughs> what score does Patrick give the film? Uh, two stars. Three and a half. Oh my god! Alright, I think you got like one point. Yeah, on that was game. terrible! <laughs> oh, I will I, say... You've, you've had really good rounds of this game. I have. That was really That was really hard. That was a hard one. This was a tough one. Because the things people say have nothing to do with the star ratings they give. I mean, oh. they'll say, like, this was so dumb but fun, and you have to figure out if they're on more of the dumb or fun side. Right. That, but that's why the game is the way that it no, is. No, but, like, I'm irritated by the guy who's like, Vin Diesel has saved cinema, and he's like, four stars. <laughs> like, that's nothing. <laughs> Well, I mean, four stars is a lot for this quality of film. I mean, sure, but if you're gonna, but if you're gonna be like, I love the, if you're gonna say this film was transcendental, you can't then. Be, I guess it's three and a half stars. You could be sarcastic. You could, you could say two sure, stars for that. But You'd four have a stars, chance of getting it right. But four stars is okay. No, but if he was like. Uh, if, if Vin Diesel Save Cinema was sarcastic, I would expect it to be one star. You can't say Vin Diesel has saved cinema and then be like, mm, four, three. Here, there was a last minute edition. Let's do a bonus question. This oh is a longer God. one. I wanted to find a longer one. This is by oh. Disposable Miffy. And Disposable Miffy says... I'm, I'm, I don't know what that means. I'm sorry if it's offensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Uh, says, okay, there are a number of bullet points here. Five points. One, the number of women half of Diesel's age fawning over him is ridiculous and makes Bond look like a fucking altar boy. (laughs) Two, it shouldn't be difficult to find porn that is less objectifying of women than the first half of this movie. True. Three, no one, and I mean fucking no one of the people involved here ever heard of the term plausibility. (laughs) (laughs) Compared to this, the last couple of Fast and Furious films are sticklers for the laws of physics. Yeah, sure. And five, it's all good, though. Vin took his laxative. <laughs> Jeez. What oh. score does Disposable Miffy, parentheses, sorry if that's offensive. <laughs> terrified. Uh, three? You are spot on the fucking <laughs> money, my guy. <laughs> Three stars. In my mind, you win the game. Three stars, my dude. Wow. Round of applause for Joey. Wow. Oh my god. Got it. Hey, that was was a bonus question. Yeah, that was all or nothing. I'm giving it to you. I'm very impressed. Oh man. But Joey, where do you yourself rank this with the other Fast and Furious movies? Because let's not pretend this isn't a Fast and Furious movie. Where do you rank it on the tier list? Uh, okay, uh, 
what did we put? We put Fnine in D. And I'm between a D and an F this, for this one. No, it's an F then. It's got it. But we may have to shift. See, here's... I don't know you if this is... nine bumps up to C? Maybe so we can put this at a D? I don't know. Again, I do like the the thought that we had to add quadruple F minus to... Well, for Spy Racers, we had to do add quadruple F minus. Just to... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, listen, right now... You know what? Let's leave... Leave... F9 where it is. At D. I'm putting this at an F. Because Let's put this at an F. This, this is, is the worst one so far. <laughs> this is the worst one so far. Hey, hey, one point that I will give to this movie. It is an hour and 35 minutes. Yes, okay. I did. I actually did want to say that, yes. This movie is less than two hours long. Mercifully short. Kudos. Bravo. Bravissimo. Bravissimo. It does Excellent feel work. as long as some of the other ones know. <laughs> it does. It does torture you for that entire... The pacing d- is heavy. Abysmal. It is tough to get through. Yeah. But it is mercifully short, all things considered. So yes, for that that reason, uh, that 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 is a point in its favor. But it is not enough to redeem it out of the F tier. Let's put it in an F yeah. uh, and just be done with it. Let's put it to rest. Yeah, I we think have to to wrap this up because we this do is... have to wrap this up. This this has been our holiday spectacular, which we like. Basically, we didn't even mention Triple Xmas as like the re the the. No, re- but that is the reason. It's Triple X. Well, because here's the thing, Joey. This episode is gonna come out. All you know, the plans coming to fruition. Bliyayin Hara, you know. Yeah, the, <laughs> this episode is going to come out exactly five days after Hanukkah and five days before Christmas. Yeah. In a ten-day period that I am deeming Fastmas. So, I would like to commemorate this special time of year mm-hmm. with a little holiday caroling before we let our listeners go. And, Joey, this is also kind of another game because it will oh, be no. on your... It's on you to This remember. is our most gamified episode. This is our most gamified episode. Joey, I'm going to sing a little carol, and you will help me out here. All mm. right? All right. Let's start. This Wait, is you're not going to tell me the rules of the... You the... are going to repeat the lyrics to the other Days of Fastmas in a carol that I call the Ten Days of Fastmas. Oh, no. On the first day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me a globalist shadow agency. On the second day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me two bad franchises. Joey? And a globalist, uh, something agency. Shadow agency. Shadow agency. (laughs) On the third day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me three Shaw siblings. Two bad franchises and a globalist shadow agency. You got it. <laughs> On the fourth day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me four tires screeching, three Shaw siblings, two uh, bad franchises, and a globalist shadow agency. You got it, dude. On the fifth day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me. Five jugs of piss. <laughs> <laughs> four tires. Four t- 
entire screeching three Shaw siblings, two shitty franchises, and a globalist shadow agency. Yeah. On the sixth day of Fast Miss Vin Diesel gave to me six cartoon seasons, five, five jobs of piss. <laughs> <laughs> four tires screeching, three Shaw siblings, two bad franchises, and a globalist channel agency. <laughs> On the seventh day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me seven retcons glaring, uh, six, uh, cartoon seasons, five jugs of piss, uh, four tires screeching, three, uh, fuck, what is it? Shaw siblings. Three Shaw siblings, two bad franchises, and a globalist shadow agency. On the eighth day of fast, oh Miss Vin Diesel gave to me eight AI scheming. Uh, uh, what seven? Seven retcons glaring. Seven retcons glaring. Six. Oh man, I'm cartoon seasons. Six cartoon seasons. Five, Five jokes of piss. <laughs> Four tires screeching, three <laughs> Shaw siblings, two uh, bad franchises, and a globalist shadow agency. <laughs> I should have been drinking. I should have been drinking this whole you time. You should have. This is really your own fault. <laughs> On the ninth day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me nine family cookouts. Oh fuck. <laughs> Um, nine family cookouts, eight, uh, AI's. AI scheming, seven, uh, retcons glaring, yep. uh, six, uh, cartoon seasons, <laughs> five, five, five jokes of piss, <laughs> four, <laughs> um, uh, uh, four, fuck, I'm so tired. <laughs> It's almost one in the morning. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, what is it? Four? Four tires. Four tires screeching. Three Shaw siblings. Two uh, bad franchises. And a globalist, a globalist shadow, shadow agency. agency. All right, last one. We'll do the whole thing together, all right? Okay, sure. On the 10th day of fast, Miss Vin Diesel gave to me... Ten films of sucking, nine family, <laughs> family cookouts, cookouts eight, eight AI scheming, seven, seven uh, glaring, retcons glaring, retcons glaring six, six cartoon, cartoon seasons, seasons, five jugs of piss, four tires, <laughs> four tires screeching, three Shaw siblings, two bad two franchises, and a globalist shadow agency. That's going to be miserable to edit. I am so miserable to listen to. <laughs> Holy shit. I am so sorry, dear listeners. Wow. Merry Christmas. Happy Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. All the above.
And a, and a very merry fastness to all you and, listeners. Thank you guys for making this podcast very possible. Very merry fastness. Yeah. Uh, at, at in reverse cast on Instagram, in You can email us at hosts at in or just um, at me because you know that like most people know me directly. Sure. Um, oh fuck. And uh, we got to get out. We got to pull the ripcord. We got to. We got to exit the Xander um, zone. <laughs> next episode in 2024. Uh, so for those of you who are dis- if any of you exist that are disappointed that we didn't do Fate of the Furious this time, um, we are going to do it. We do have a bit more spy racers to get through before that point. Um, but we are going to do, uh, the next season of Spy Racers next time. And then we do have some other stuff coming up. You know, I mentioned video games. Um, there's a Fast and Furious video game that actually bridges the gap between, uh, Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, and F9. So we will be playing that game and reviewing it before we get to talk about Fate of the Furious. So just hold on a little bit longer. We will get on to Fate of the Furious, but, uh, we couldn't I promise eventually we'll actually watch the Fast and Furious movies. Eventually, once we get Spiders out of the way, we will eventually watch the Fast and Furious movies. We're getting to it, but uh, we couldn't resist doing the Triple Xmas special. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that we have to get to before we do our last bit of... Uh, I think we've covered everything. Once again, Merry Fastmas, everybody. Thank you so much for, for joining us. And uh, a uh, and a a happy uh, happy new. I guess it'll be the new oh, year. A happy new year, because the next happy time that we release an episode, it'll already be twenty twenty four. Yeah. So um, uh, happy a happy new year to all. Yeah, and uh, just you know, thank you for uh, making twenty twenty three the year that we uh, got to launch our podcast. And, Absolutely, uh, yeah. You know, thank you so. Uh, I, I, we, I mean, we we had our our recent Thanksgiving episode where we expressed our gratitude, but once again, we really appreciate each and everyone who listens. So thank you, yeah. so much, and uh, thank you, Joey, for doing this with me, and thank you, Zachary, for uh, and an incredible episode. I mean, I assume most of it got cut out, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I'm leaving this whole train wreck in. Here. But uh, that's what makes it a holiday miracle. Should we put the should we put, got released? Should we put this one up unedited? <laughs> Just like raw. That would, be, that would be very funny, especially considering there are like five solid mi- minutes of silence when I got up to pee. Yeah, the multiple times we went to pee. Yeah, just just solid, raw, unedited. Yeah, that's not. Hey, listeners, uh, don't worry. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, no, no, no. I do, I do actually. Edit we have too me. much respect for you, and a little bit of shame. Just a sliver of just shame. Just a smidge left. of shame. Um, All right, but- Zachary. <laughs> So I wrote down a few different lines of wisdom to end off 2023. I don't know how you could choose with all the wisdom. There were a lot of of great lines, but there was one line that was far and away the wisest of all. And the thing which struck me as the most incredible thing about it is that when I read the book, it was not in it, which (gasps) means that it was ad lib. Oh my God. It was not in the original script. You see, when Ice Cube shows up and blows up all the CIA agents and everyone turns and looks and they're like, oh my god, it's Darius Stone. That's Ice Cube's Mm -hmm. guy. He shows up, he points to his gun, and he says, rock, paper, scissors, grenade launcher.
Oh fuck, I'm inebriated. <laughs> I can walk. It's fine. We're leaving that in for sure. <laughs>